Let me show you what I've put my faith in. Corvus, I'll face whatever you have behind those doors and come out exactly as I went in. A challenge? My faith against yours. For my mother and father. They go with me if I win. Agreed. And if you lose? The book. And you? Come on, we're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And we are joined uh, by a special guest. Uh, our, our friend uh, James decided to uh, slide into my DMs when we talked about what we're about to cover. So uh, he he invited himself on the show and I'm like, I'm not going to say no. So Unsolicited. Unsolicited, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of weird nudity as well and it had nothing to do with, um, I was like, thanks for the nudity, but you also want to talk about what we're going to talk about? So thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed our our six-part discussion about Creep Show, and then we took a week off. Um, hope you guys had a good week. Hope you had a safe week. Um, we needed a week off after all that Creep Show because it was a lot of a lot of um, a lot of candy, you know, that we got through. A lot of snacking. You know. I was in a sugar coma. I, I was eating all the candy for yeah. the kids that weren't there. <laughs> yeah. We had like twelve kids that came to our place and had. A lot of candy left over. <laughs> yeah, like 12 kids. Like you guys, like you had your door open for like 15 minutes. You're like, oh, trick or treat is over. <laughs> no, I sat out mine. there. I roughed it, dude. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I. Too okay. much candy. <laughs> well, okay. that's, that, that, yeah, that can be a thing. So, uh, yeah, so I hope, hope you guys appreciate, like, understood that you take a week off because that was a lot of creep show. But now we're getting into a film that has had a lot of um, uh, intersectionality with The Twilight Zone. I guess I should also reset by saying this is a, a, a podcast where we do watch The Twilight Zone and talk about it. Um, not, not tonight, and we've covered the original series. Go back and check that out, all five seasons. Both seasons of the Jordan Peele produced uh, Twilight Zone. And we're going to be getting into the 80s Twilight Zone uh, beginning of the year. So if you guys want more Twilight Zone stuff, it's coming. If you want other Twilight Zone stuff, go check out the rest of that. There's a lot of episodes. Uh, but this film, The Devil's Reign, uh, we're going to get into it with the cast and crew here in a second. There's a lot of connections to the Twilight Zone. So it's shown up multiple times. We talked about cast and crew. Um, and we've been circling this for a bit for one of our detours. And we did it, and um, it's going to be an interesting conversation. That's what I, that's what I'm going to say about that. This was uh, I didn't know what to make of this movie, and then I watched it, and I'm still not quite sure what to make of this movie. However, we have James here, uh, and we'll get more into he ha- he has a certain passion and knowledge base that mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is going to be very much appreciated and needed for this discussion. So. Let's just get into day and date because we could actually do that again, uh, as opposed to Creep Show, where it was like, "Hey, this came out yesterday. What was the number one song? I don't know. Check the internet." So this came out originally August seventh, nineteen seventy-five. 
number one song, One of These Nights by the Eagles. I love that song. Yeah. Dude. I mean, I don't know. One why, of my favorite. Don't know why this didn't, that song didn't play over the credits of this, this movie. So good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do like the Eagles. I, I'm not going to, not going to lie. I mean, I think my mom was a big Eagles fan growing up. And I told her at one point, like, I was like, what if I told you that, uh, the Eagles would be considered like country at a certain point, like later. She's like, I would have punched you in your face. <laughs> and they did it. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, number one film, uh, Jaws. I don't know if you guys have heard of this or not. Wait, it wasn't this? Uh, surprisingly, no. Huh. Um, I well, who who has the bigger mouth, Ernest Borgnine or Bruce <laughs> the Shark? You know, like, I don't know. I mean, like, you know. Bruce the, the Shark's well, got the bigger mouth for sure, but uh, he's got nothing in the eyebrow department. Yeah. I, <laughs> Well put, sir. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I noticed this because like with this film coming out in August, I'm like, okay, I know Jaws was like the like that was the first like blockbuster, right? Uh, they and, defined a blockbuster, yeah. Yeah, and and so it was number one from June 25th to September 24th. Like it was huge, right? And so anything that came out at that time was going to get clobbered by Jaws, right? Uh, I was also going to say that I feel like um, Ernest Borgnine could probably fit all Robert Shaw in his mouth too. And like, like, well, at least half of them, you know? So anyway, so what actually happened on this day and date, and it wouldn't be an episode of strange high, was that something absolutely terrible occurring on the day and date, oh, but this, no. this feels unfortunately very appropriate for the film we're about to talk about. Typhoon Nina produced the heaviest one day rainfall ever recorded from a Pacific ocean typhoon with 38 inches in Linjiang County and um, the Hebel Hebei province. I was going to say province. I was going to mispronounce that. Anyway, um, the typhoon itself had killed 12 people up to that point in Taiwan, but the downpour continued for 26 hours, leading to a dam burst in the mainland China the next day. So I would argue that that's the devil's reign that we're like, the, then, um, then what we're going to talk about. So also Charlie Theron was born. So I don't know. Wait up. An even worse thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, what? Oh, I, I like, I like, Charles. I like Charlie Theron. Yeah. I mean, like, Dior. You know, <laughs> she, she brought us all those weird Dior commercials. That's true. But she was also in Fury Road. And also she has one of my favorite, um, uh, terrible parts in Arrested Development. Oh. Uh, like uh, Mr. F. Well, just if you guys know, you know. If not, I don't want to get into that right I now. I love her in Monster. She's yeah. incredible in Monster. I only just recently saw that in the last oh, she's uh, just, couple of years. That's a fantastic film. Yeah. So I think she's she's pretty great. So, but I mean, I you know, but the day has been marked by other tragedy. And I don't know if it's tragedy that she was born. I don't think so. But anyway. No. It's grouped in there. It came right after the typhoon. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's how like people, at the it's just some dudes edited in Wikipedia where it's like, we got to mention this typhoon and Charlie's Theron. But that's what happened on day of date. Uh, you know, the Eagles were big. Jaws was big. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people died because of rainfall. Uh, and then uh, Charlie's Theron was born. So there we go. So Terry, uh, pronounce all. Actually, you know what? I got, I'm gonna, Before you go to the cast and crew, I think it's worthy of note that this film was uh, distributed by Branston, Bryanston Pictures. Um, they're the same company that distributed uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I kind of. Funded by gangsters. The Colombo uh, crime family. Yeah. The, the, so this uh, company existed from 72 to 76. First release was Deep Throat. Uh, it made uh, between 30 to 50 million off of a $22,000 budget. Um, and so uh, they also did the party at Kitty and Studs. That was Special Stallone's first um, film debut where he is a softcore porn. I don't know if you guys oh, know that. Oh, I've or not. heard of this. Yes. yes, it was renamed to the Italian Stallion oh, okay, later. Yes, yeah, it was retitled. Yeah. Okay, yeah, or Rocky Three. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> I've not. No, I've not seen it. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the man doesn't get naked once in the film. Uh, I mean, well, the, I mean, he's nude, but then, I, then, I, then I don't want to see it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, from what I remember, Stallone doesn't even hang dong. So. Uh, <laughs> 
the, what's the point? Uh, I mean, he has some good right? one-liners in it, but that's uh, yeah. that's about it. So they also it's released uh, Flesh for Frankenstein, which was the Andy Warhol's Flesh for Frankenstein. I've not seen that. Uh, Dark Star, which was Carpenter's first film. Yeah. Um, you won't see it unless you have $75 in your pocket. Well, Flesh for Frankenstein? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually playing at um, yeah, the yeah. Capitol, during, like, the Capitol Theater here in Cleveland during their season's bleedings. They're going to show it. That. So I'm going to see it. But I've not seen it yet. Uh, Dark Star, like I mentioned, Carpenter's first film. The Way of the Dragon, the only film that Bruce Lee directed completely. Uh, and then um, then also the Ralph Bakshi animated film, Coonskin, Ooh. which was uh, I've not seen, but I know that there's some like significance important. They backed to all of it's that? It's fantastic. Yeah, so it's weird to have like this this like thing that's completely run by like, you know, the mafia take like some big swings and actually end up having some significance. Right. And, and so, but that's about it. That's, that's really all they released for those four years. Then surprisingly it had money troubles and then it collapsed. I've hmm. always wanted to know how, how all these films like get distribution. They get, uh, you know, remastered year in and year out, but it's like certain other mob funded films are just, you, you can't touch them. They'll, they'll never well, see the light of day. I, it depends. <laughs> you know, it depends upon, uh, who, who, um, you don't want to go uh, turning over to me rocks. I don't know. I suppose, but, but like, uh, have you ever seen, um, uh, like October Blood? I've not. I've heard of it. I've not seen that, so it's I didn't an, know that was another one that I think is in uh, like redistribution hell just because of mob funding. But uh, you know, obviously, other films have survived that. So yeah. So I just thought it was I thought it was worthy of note because I saw the name and I'm like, that's a weird name for a production company. I looked it up and I was like, I was like, oh, you know, Texas Chainsaw, which I know that they eventually took them to court. And they won the the people that made Texas Chainsaw, but the company had already like uh, declared bankruptcy, so there was no money to be had. Hmm. So I so they I forget which bigger company came in and bought the rights, but they actually made sure the producers actually got like a cut at that point. Nice. Um, and then and then now we also have the Devil's Reign. So weird weird spate of movies for them to to invest money in. And Ernest Borgnine even said in the trivia that he's like, oh, that's the movie that the mafia. He's like, I didn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So let's get into the Cashner crew. I thought it was worthy of mention because that's that's a that's a weird lineage of uh, like a like for as much as I've been deep diving about canon recently, this sounds like like a mini canon like type of setup where it's like oh it got weird and some were successful, some weren't. Very uh, yeah, it sounds very much like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, into our cast we go here. Um, uh, so our director here is Robert Fust. Fust. Sure. I, I I couldn't really figure out what the correct pronunciation is. We even had a discussion about this earlier. Um, uh, the only note that I recognized was uh, seven episodes of the Avengers, and then like he came back and worked with the Avengers, like reprisal and that. You're talking about the British series, the Avengers, correct? Yes. Um, I wasn't very familiar with this uh, this man's uh, output otherwise. So James, genre, Mister Man's here. Explain to us. Um, the, the Dr. Uh, Fibes. Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, doing a little bit of this uh, research on this, I, I, I never even realized it up until tonight that he had done Dr. Fibes, um, which makes a lot of sense, though, just because of how visually stunning this film is. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but what are those? Like, I know those those have Vincent Price, right? Yeah. Is he the lead on those? So yeah. I just remember I, one of the sequences was him playing, like, a large organ, like a pipe organ or something. Is that the yeah. I remember? Okay. Uh, is this a series, sequence, too? It's amazing. There's, what, there's Dr. two Dr. of them. Yeah. yeah. There's two of them. Okay. Yeah, so I, I know I, the names have always like shown up. I just didn't know the film, so but I'd, I'd heard of them previous. So should be on your radar. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, I, I agree I, with everything, along with um, uh, the was it a party at uh, Kitty and Studs? Yes, as well. Yep. So. Does Stallone get nude in Dr. Fibes? That's what I want to know. Like, if Unfortunately, he does, no. Ah, oh, God damn it. All right, anyway. So he's strike not, he's out not again. part of the, uh, the Pharaoh's I mean, curse. I just, I just need to know, like, like from this point forward, it's like, is there Stallone nudity that I'm in? Like that. That's 
<laughs> Anyways, yeah. that's why I don't watch most of the Oscar nominated films for Best Picture because I know there's no Stallone nudity. <laughs> uh. But uh, uh, next here we have our writers. Uh, we have three credited writers here. Uh, Gabe Essos. Sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, the only credit I wanted to point out here, I wasn't familiar with any of his work, but I wanted to point out 74's Hog Wild. Um, I just, it was a made-for-TV film, and his, here's the quick synopsis. A Chicago man and his family move to an Idaho pig farm where he is crippled by an angry sow. All right. Is Sounds it, good enough. Is this not a revenge film? Like, I just... It, it, it's it, what, what is it? Uh, it Razorback? Like, before Razorback? Is, is, is the film Pig with Nick Cage, is that a remake of this? Like, I'm I, not like, sure. Okay. But that was like his first like notable credit. And I was like, I've never heard of anything else. Well, and I saw in the credits there, they actually split that over two episodes of like The Wonderful World of Disney. So they took the film and split it over two installments. It was So they basically, you know, took the film and broke it into two episodes. Yeah. So this is a Disney back thing? It's like... I okay. I mean, you know, to be fair, Disney also did make the Song of the South, so who knows if they're all about like you know. Uh, all right. Anyway, the cover so, you had pulled up there makes it look like the lost uh, Mom Pa Kettle film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I found for him, he he had one uh, one story credit for Deep Space Nine, but not much not much writing. So there we go. So and, that's one. Yeah. And then our uh, next credited writer here is James Ashton. Uh, this yeah, that this is it. Uh, nothing else. And then, uh, I mean, I hate to I hate to put it that way because IMDb has given us this information. There's nothing else credited, so uh, I'm sorry, James, not you, James, <laughs> but this James. Um, and then next here we have Gerard Holtman. Uh, this as well, like yeah. this is the only credit for him as well. So, I mean, considering of all the writing credits I've had for movies on IMDb, they they have one more than I do. Yeah, you know. that's that's true. But you are on MD, I, IMDb. I have, I have a couple acting credits. Yeah, you, you are there. Credits. So sure as random hand and short film that is like listed yeah. uh, as loser number six in one short film. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway, well, then look. there's this other guy in there called Alan Smithy who has apparently yeah. 17,000 yeah. credits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and then Urs Borgnite wrote his own dialogue. It was mm-hmm. amazing. No. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and then here we get into our cast and then you guys were going to be able to fill in any of the, uh, the, the misses that I'll have, but uh, we yeah. lead off with uh, Ernest Borgnine, uh, Jonathan Corbis, he was in the Dirty Dozen and the Poseidon Adventure, the original film. Love that film. It's incredible. Great escape. Uh, danger film. You know, like all these films are coming out around that time where it's like Earthquake and all those films. Towering Inferno. Towering Inferno. Air, yes. Airport 73, 74, 75, 76, 78 or whatever. Yeah. Airport forms yeah. We yeah. watched. We discussed it yeah. in prior episodes. Bus stop sixty seven. Like Poseidon Adventure is. is amazing. Um, check it out if you haven't seen it. And Escape from New York. Yeah, I mean it's Eric Borgnine. Like he's been in everything. Like uh, recognizable was, dude. Like you, I mean, you know this dude. If I, you've seen him in one film, you'll you'll point him out in every other I, film. Like Terry, I'm surprised you didn't bring up Convoy. I'm just whatever. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no. Like I, I he's in the Wild Bunch. Like he's just, it's Ernest Borgnine. Like I mean, what else do you need to say? Like the guy's the guy's awesome. I love Ernest Borgnine. Can I interject while please, we're talking no, about no, Borgnine? How dare you? Like <laughs> you're our guest. Please. So why'd you hit him? I I, <laughs> I actually hadn't watched uh, The Devil's Reign for uh, God maybe 15 years or something. I think and it, and it, uh, it I just saw it on Shutter one day. Uh, well, it popped on on one of their streaming channels. So I was like, oh yeah, I mean, leave it on. And I was like, I, I was I, I totally 
forgot how like visually stunning this film was and how the cinematography it's it's filmed like a high plains western that doesn't know it's a horror film yeah and i'm watching it and i'm just oh my god like borgnine comes on and i'm just like what a heavy in this and oh yeah i i was like i'm i'm, I'm gonna stop it here or whatever because i, I want to show it to my girlfriend and um you know I, we, I talk her into it one night and I, i'm sitting there thinking i'm like you know i can i can feel her she's gonna laugh in a second when he comes on screen and i'm just like well all she's all she really knows Borgnine from, I think, uh, to the best of my knowledge, is uh, from something like basketball. Yes, and, and I'm like, she hasn't experienced him as you know, like Shaq and Emperor of the North. Um, you know, these really vile characters were intimidating. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, I mean, the man has you know had some goofy features, you know, sure, but I mean, like uh, between that, the Dirty Dozen, the Wild Bunch, um, and like he's mentioned, the, the Poseidon Adventure. I mean, he's he's had some pretty intense roles up to this point. So having him in this role, uh, you know, wasn't uh, a far stretch of the imagination at that time. Oh, not at all. And it's I think he he always brought his all, like no matter yeah. what the role he was. He chose the scenery. Like Yeah, yeah but like, but like he has a unique look. He you know, like the guy he I don't know, like he just there's a certain actors that like they just they are who they are and they have a presence and he can be really entertaining. Clearly, he can do comedy because his bit in basketball, like whenever he's given the, I totally forgot he was in that yeah, too. <laughs> the bit whenever he's like supposedly he's like, "Hey, Coop, make sure everybody else leaves the room," and he starts talking like during the like, now the, that we're alone. Yeah, yeah, the funeral video where he starts singing, <laughs> right? Said Fred and rubbing like oil on his chest. It's like, like the guy. I found the, another purpose on this <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I love Ernest Borgnine. So to see him here, like I was in, like top billing. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next here, we get into another interesting character actor here. William Shatner is in this. We've talked about him on previous episodes of the of our of our ever-going uh, yeah. podcast. Uh, he plays uh, Mark Preston, and he was in two episodes of the Twilight Zone, the original series, Nick of Time and Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. And uh, who would forget his uh, his long stint on the original Star TJ Trek. Hooker. Oh, yeah, Star yeah, Trek. Well, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that court show that he was on, too? Uh, oh, Boston Legal. Boston Legal, yeah. so yeah. Denny Crane. And then, yeah. and then the, the, who can forget his Tech War series yeah. that he wrote? No. At least we forget guards. American Psycho 2. <laughs> oh, God, that movie's terrible. It but, is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hey, hey, of all the people that's on this list, how many of them have been to space recently? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How well do you get by in uh, going to space recently? Yeah. So still acting too. So let's yeah. go. Keep on yeah. going. I, I, just, I love Bill Shatner. This is right after Star Trek. Kind of. He was in that weird spe- that period. But well, he was kind of like people just knew him as Kirk, right? He was yeah. being kind of typecast. And it's like this and like Kingdom of the Spiders. Like I always think of that too. And it's like I think he's wearing the same wardrobe in both those films. And Pretty I was, much. They're both like Tex-Mex films. Aren't yeah. They? Um, and it's just like, they're both just weird. And like, I just, does he have a basket hat? I think he does have a basket okay. hat. Like he has a wicker cowboy hat in that too, something, whatever. But he was okay. just, yeah, this, this, this era Shatner I'm all about. Yeah. A lot yeah. of humane society, unapproved spider. Oh gosh. No. Too. Oh, there's a bit yeah, we've like, talked in, that, about in that movie where like, what was it, like a Camaro's rolling through town and all you just hear splat, 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 splat. It's like, <laughs> those aren't, those aren't fake tarantulas. Yeah. Like, nope. oh my gosh. Yeah. That was sad. But that's there. There is little to no tarantula damage in this movie. There's a yeah maybe I don't know one maybe. sex sex dolls maybe but not yeah <laughs> um, that, that would have made um, like was it uh, Valley of the Tarantulas a way different film if it was just sex dolls and not tarantulas mm, yes the, end, <laughs> the, the ending would have been way weirder anyway so yes yes and then next here uh, another Twilight Zone connection uh, I Little Pino uh, uh, she plays Mrs Preston uh, Mark's 
mother. Uh, she was in the uh, one episode of Twilight Zone, 16 millimeter Shrine. Awesome episode yes. too. If you if if you're listening now, I have never seen that episode. Please go back, yeah, check it out. It's, it's an it's early season one episode. Terrific. It's really really good. And she was actually she directed the masks in season five, which is another terrific episode. Yeah. And she was uh, she had a notoriety to direct in her own right too uh, a bunch of different like crime films mm-hmm. and I can't wait to dive into that stuff man it's going to be awesome yeah it was great to see her and because like just knowing that like uh, how much she kind of blazed the trail for a lot of other female directors and how like she wouldn't take shit from anybody and I get another Twilight Zone connection so yeah hell yeah so and then next year I have uh, Tom Skerritt Another notable uh, face in this film I, mean, I was really surprised that they had all these names and then Tom Skerritt as well I was like Oh, God, let's go, dude. So uh, Tom Skerritt plays uh, Tom Preston. He was also in The Dead Zone, Top Gun, and, of course, Alien. And Picket Fences. <laughs> don't, don't forget Fighting Back. Fighting uh, Back. Oh, what is Fantastic okay. film. Okay, please enlighten me. What is that? Uh, fighting Back is one of the uh, most socially conscious um, vigilante revenge. Uh, well, it was a vigilante film of the time. The same kind of period that, uh, you know, like the Death Wish films were getting big. But it's it, it's one of the only ones that I think really like even handily deals with the idea of it's like um, uh, the, the, the racially problematic nature of like what happens when, you know, like uh, like in communities where, you know, the, the, this guy is trying to just, you know. He's like, you know, my grandmother was mugged. I'm going to start up this force. Yeah. We're, you know, we're going to do this, this, and that. And um, uh, it's like, yeah, Fat Koto plays this uh, other like leader of a vigilante group. Um, uh, his name's Ivanhoe Washington in it. Hmm. Um, and uh, he points out, you know, the the kind of like, you know, you always jump to these conclusions. It's always got to be the black guy. He's like, I, okay. I found the two muggers that, you know, found that, you know, um, mugged your, your your mother and stuff like that and uh, he immediately goes for the black dude it's you know where a lot of the other like uh, films at that period didn't really address that type of stuff and were accused of being fascistic etc well yeah because this, was, this film yeah. really addresses that at the time interesting too. I would I would prefer the more like actual social consciousness aspect of that yeah. so okay cool With that, yeah. it doesn't like beat anybody over the head with oh no 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 no. but I'm saying like, like you it's, know, it's not an after school like, special you get to but, like you get to like Death Wish 3 and 4 and 5 right um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? And, and, and uh, so, like, how it just becomes like a cartoon of him, like, just you know, blasting everybody, and like, yeah. And so, okay. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there is no death. I know, but, uh, but it doesn't. 1982. Exist, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. It's tragically um, underreleased. And, and one quick extra note is that he was also in uh, Poltergeist 3. So, because I'm a horror film nut, I had to put that out there. Okay, perfect. Uh, and so, uh, next year for our credits, uh, it's going to run through. Th- thin here real quick because there are some major names major faces and then it kind of like becomes like people that just happen like to be major faces without eyes is what yes okay. yeah. uh so next year i have eddie albert uh plays dr sam richards uh two episodes of playhouse 90 170 episodes of green acres yeah it's a lot and, of cameos right yeah and petticoat junction like that i think he started there and then that him and his wife's character i think they spun off to green acres I think that's what happened. Okay. And then uh, The Longest Yard. Okay. The original. It's just Eddie Albert. Like, I just remember him from, like, commercials and things. He was always, like... It's like him and Borgnine aren't, like, that far away from each other in terms of, like, you know... Like, no, yeah. like either, either honestly, either one of them could have played that role pretty well yeah. as the yeah. villain because uh, I mean he's he's extremely villainous in, in the Longest Yard, but they're both a couple of really disarming people. Yeah. Um. So it, it's really creepy when they get. Heavy. Yeah. Some some of the casting here though is like 
if you cast this today, you would not pick these people. And I, I, I dig that. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next here we have uh, Keenan Wynn uh, plays Sheriff Owens. Uh, four episodes of Playhouse 90. Uh, and an episode of Twilight Zone, A World of His Own. Last episode of season one, it's the one where he's talking to the dictaphone and reality's happening as he's talking into it. It's the first episode where we get uh, uh, Rod Serling in front of the camera. And that became like the staple after that. Keenan Wynn would also go on to be an uh, Orca in 77. Awesome film. Um, and Love point, it. And Point Blank in 67, which Point Blank's a great movie. I still need to check that out. Oh, it's so much fun. And he's uh, his, his father, um, oh, shoot. His father was also in The Twilight Zone. We talked about him in uh, 90 Years Without Slumbering. So there's a lot oh, of Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, uh, And then um, next here I have uh, Joan Prather uh, plays Julie Preston. Uh, 28 credits. I'm not really familiar with any one of them. Well, the biggest thing she did was uh, handed John Travolta Dianetics. Okay. And that's the truth. During yep. the making of this film, <laughs> it got uh, young Johnny T into the into the Scientology. And guess who's next on the credits? Johnny T. Johnny T. John Travolta himself playing Danny. I don't get the, the name credit here because I never heard anybody refer to anybody no. else as Danny. But... No. We do notice him because we get the the butt chin. We get the little butt chin, so we know we know who it is. Uh, I I don't think we need to explain who John Travolta is. How do you how how uh, weirdly appropriate is it that it's a film dealing with like um, alternate you know religions and belief patterns, right? Yeah. In which somebody actually gets recruited into something that some people would call a cult. <laughs> you know, like hmm. I don't know. Just hitting it on the nose a little bit, you know, or the chin. Some people, not but certainly not any of us. I just wish Irish Borgnine would have went over and just like, like, just like punched him in the face. Like, kid, get you don't want that crap around. Like, you know, like just do like I do, eat like six steaks a day and uh, fire (laughs) teeth down or whatever Irish Borgnine does. You know, it had actually been uh, this long since I had seen the movie. My memory was uh, uh, actually of him having a speaking role in it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't recall him at all. No, yeah, I Um, really was like. It's John Travolta. I was I was kind of expecting something more, but this is also his first. It's one of his theatrical, first roles. yeah, like film roles. Yeah. Is it his actual first? It's not. That's okay. that is there's that's some what debate. It, it says, but I'm like, I don't believe that. You know, you go back to the IMDb. He did some TV stuff and like made for TV stuff. This like, is before the Boy in the Bubble, because that was like his big like like big thing to start. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's it is it after Welcome Back, Cotter? No, Welcome Back, Cotter came after this. Um, so, wow. okay, um, yeah, because I mean, I don't like. Yeah, this is he was really not anybody at yeah. this point. Because yeah. if Welcome Back, Cotter would have happened, you don't put him in that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like he, he, he hadn't even cut the album yet. <laughs> yeah. So, huh. well, and it, actually, while he was doing work, Welcome Back, Cotter, he, he he signed a contract to do three films, and Greece was one of them. So huh. he was a major name at that point. That's what happens when you, um, you know, you sell your soul to the devil's ring. Lose your eyes. Here's the lesson of the t- of tonight: is join a cult, you'll become famous. Um, Who's the next cast? Wait, uh, what? What are you talking about? Cult? Yeah. Uh, my last credit here: Anton <laughs> Levey. Anton Levey himself, the creator of the Church of Satan himself. So yeah, he plays the high priest in this, and I was like, wait, I know I had to have seen this dude. In the film, where the hell was he? On the second viewing, I was like, 
Oh, he's a background character just handing over like. Is he wearing like one of the weird helmets? Like he looks yeah, like, he Judge, has the he looks weird like Judge Dread, like something like he has like the weird well, like, like uh, Domi the Phantom thing. of the uh, Paradise. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, what is this? He's also he's <laughs> he's also the technical advisor because he wanted to make sure that everyone got the Satanism right. Yeah. Well, there's also um, there's another character that wears one of those helmets in the film too. That's also it's a his of wife. Church, I think. Yeah, that's okay. That's right. Fair yeah. enough. I, I only caught that the last time I watched it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't put her on here. I'm sorry. And it's uh, I can't remember. It's Anta LaVey's wife as other priestess. She has a, she has a name, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, Mrs. Satan. I don't it, know. Uh, no, I, I know Anton Anton because of uh, the movie Roar that we've talked about on occasion. Because Roar. we saw his yeah, we saw his lion in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, Togar. Togar is uh, LaVey's lion. Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and they kept his name the same. So we're all learning. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Watch, if you guys I want to get that wrong. They're like, no, 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 it's the other Satan guy. I'm like, oh, I don't know. If anybody had any other credits, that's all I had. I, I think we got through plenty of them. So were, uh, <laughs> t- were Tippy Hedren and Levey like cool? I don't know. Um, I think Tippy Hedren was all like, I've been traumatized by a bunch of birds being thrown at me. So bring me cats. <laughs> like I just. <laughs> That's all messed up. Because they'll fight off the birds. Uh, anyway, um, so so Terry, explain to me the plot of The Devil's Reign right now. Two sentences. Uh, two sentences. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I could. They'd be really long sentences. They would be comma, comma, comma. Yeah. This, this, this. Uh, Norm- normally on the show here, uh, James, because I know that you listen to every episode, and we appreciate every that. Single uh, one. Every single one. Up till now. All, all of them. You're <laughs> biggest fan. Um we normally try to walk through plot point like like from beginning to end. Sure. I don't know if that's really going to serve this movie. I think we're kind of going to go for more of a feel for this because... I always found this movie more straightforward than you guys have. We, well, I mean, we've only discussed it tonight. But. Yeah, no, we will. No, we, that, that's why we're here, right? So sure. also letting people know, like uh, James had mentioned earlier, this film is available on Shudder, which is where we've been watching Creepshow. Um, if you, uh, hashtag no sponsors here. That, well, no, but I mean, it's like if you guys want to check this out, and I think this movie is worth watching... Just as well as things, it's like, and maybe we should start with this before we get into the plot, because I think um, the plot is straightforward. It's just that there's some logic leaps in there that don't get resolved, and I'll I'll bring those up to you here a little bit later. Um, There is a certain vibe with these very um, straight-facing, weird 70s horror films that... I think is like, I'm not against it. I think it's great. I think there's a lot of cool stuff where the, cause horror somewhere along the way got very kind of like self-aware and a little bit ironic. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that's true of every single thing. Cause it's not right. But true of there's everything some post scream. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like, I still not think, literally. I still think there's other things. Like I think that it crept in. So you got to kind of do a balancing act here sure. where it's like, we have this lower budget film that is dealing with this. Uh, but there was a little bit more, this film felt dangerous to me watching it. And I think there was some more, like the seventies were all about like kind of exploring and, and saying, well, what can we do now? So I'm going to put it to you um, in terms of like, w- like in your opinion, like, what do you think, what do you think the mindshare was at this time of making this type of horror? Because this isn't the only one like it. And there was other, other movies in the, like the seventies that were kind of, just doing their own thing and you kind of had to meet them on their own terms. Um, I mean, in terms of like other films that like, uh, don't have the same themes. I'm, I'm not sure that's uh, I'd have to think about that a little bit more, but, uh, well, I, I always think of like two other films specifically when it comes to this one. Um, I very criminally underrated film, underseen film finally just got its own like special edition release from, uh, arrow recently. It was, um, brotherhood of Satan. 
Uh, it precedes the film by four years. It's 1971 release. Uh, there's a number of parallels with that, too, because your uh, your heavy in this movie is um, uh, Strother Martin, who, okay. you know, famous know, character yeah, actor. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's another one that reminds me of that. Um, what was it? Uh, well, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Uh, Race of the Devil. Which uh, I have seen. Yeah, uh, War Notes, uh, Peter yeah. Fonda. Yeah, I... Mm. But but there, there there's that sincerity to it, right? And mm-hmm. and I'd even like and I'm not okay. Like I'm talking about tone and feeling, so I'm not. These films came before, but I'm mentioning something like you know when you even get like and this is way earlier than the, the '70s, but like Rosemary's Baby, and then even get to like The Omen. There's the straight satanic thing. panic, yeah. Well, but which is that kind of happened in the '80s, right? So there's a lot of dabbling here, right? But there's like, in the Sentinel. There's another one I'd bring up too, where yeah, it's right. like like it's very like we're gonna get, we're gonna get weird, right? Um, like and again, maybe not the same the same vibe, like maybe not the same story, but like something like even like burnt offerings, where you get like. These are very, very front-facing, weird horror films, like um, or even like the Changeling, something where it's like it's very. Bucket of Blood. I was about like, there's a yeah, sorry, yeah. Like these are very like, they're not like they're they're making movies because like we're gonna make a horror film, but we don't have to like lean into like. I don't, there, there's a different air about this. So I was going to ask you because I know this is, I think this is kind of where this is your stock and trade. Cause every time you're like, have you seen this? And I'm like, I did not even know that this existed. You show me like, I always think horrors are a room that you turn the light on and you keep showing me how much bigger this room is every time by turning on different <laughs> lights when I talk to you, you know, like, so answer, give me, give me 30 minutes constant. I'm kidding. No, but, <laughs> but this is, this is kind of your jam. You know? Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think because it's like so lately. Um, you know, in the last like few years, it, like, when it comes to '70s films, I'm I'm, I'm much more like uh, it's it's more about crime, western, um, you know, drama like heavy the heavier drama stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I and this really this built on those motifs in the '70s, which is stupid. But <laughs> well, but even then, like you mentioned, like some of the stuff, like I mean, you said before we start recording that that this film was like a high plains Western that didn't, that, that's a horror film. Yeah. Like I, a film that's been a revelation to me the last couple of years. I'd watched finally for like the first time was high plains drifter. And it's like, that's a Western that is two shades away from being a straight up horror film. Yeah. Like, and, and when I was watching this with the town that they go to and I'm like, Ooh, we're going to get something going on here, you know? But like, again, there's this, there's, um, there it's not, it's not sincerity, but it's more like, um, an unflinchingness to like, we're going to go out and we're going to make this happen. That I and I'm and this isn't me putting on rose colored glasses and being like the '70s was better. Like I'm sure there's a bunch of shit made there too, but there's there's just a weird vibe to this stuff that I'm in, and I'm like, you know, treat me like an honest to goodness movie watcher as opposed to like winking at me or spoon feeding me. Well, I mean, I hate to go back to the same to, to a, a movie I've already mentioned, but uh, Brotherhood of Satan is another one that I feel is like a like a Southern Gothic that doesn't know it's a horror film. Okay, I for whatever reason I get like uh, a lot of in the heat of the night vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it it, it definitely um, as opposed to something like The Devil's Reign, which is more like you know like the Southwest. This is definitely like Deep South. Um, it, it has that same thing that a lot of Deep South movies from late sixties, early seventies have, where it's like just everybody all the time is constantly covered in sweat. You know, I mean, it's just, you feel hot watching it. Um, and there's, uh, overlapping stuff between that and he, the night is just kind of, you know, the stranger in a strange land, you know, you're not really sure, you know, everybody around you is kind of like, are they really out to get you type of Mm -hmm. thing? Um, uh, have you ever seen brotherhood of Satan? I I have not. No. Uh, so this was a, um, again, like I said, it, it finally just got its first, uh, like, like, uh, 
good like uh, special edition release from Arrow. Um, it had been, uh, I think I want to say like it had like maybe like a five dollar bin Blu-ray or something here and there. I I got it from Big Lots ages ago on DVD, and like it was just kind of like my dad picked it up. For That's me. normally where I pick up most of my uh, satanic ritual items, right? Big right, Lots because right. it's um, usually marked down and it's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three do- <laughs> That's three where I get my porn video. and popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> But um, um, it's this wicker really... furniture, wicker hats, Satan Blu-rays. That's what you wicker gonna, men, wicker men, wicker. <laughs> yes, yes. Even like that thing. Yeah, you want to talk about another movie that's like not the dealing, bees. dealing with like. Um, and I'm cutting off. I apologize. Welcome no, to the show. Um, like that's another one that deals with like a different belief process and people kind of wandering into it, but it plays it very straight faced. Well, big you know? lots. No, but, no that's, uh, that's I can't tell you how many times I've had to sacrifice a virgin to get out of there. But no, um, no, I'm talking like the Wicker Man. Like that's also oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like that's the same. There's this there's this thing where it's like penance, like and... that. But it's like it's like it's dealing with like there there was a thing that was going on where uh, av- av- past the '60s um, there was a lot of like there was a America as a country, especially after like the Vietnam war and Watergate, like there was like the, the idea of the American dream was kind it's of the like death of the American. Yeah. Dream. And it's like, people were kind of coming to the reality of what was going on. So there was like this falling away of a lot of like, like church on Sundays, a lot of faith. Like there was this, like, um, a lot of people were moving more to like an agnostic atheist viewpoint. Cracking a veneer like that's yeah. that. And so I think getting Realism. into like this, where it's like, we can examine horror in a different like light and kind of like show some different things going on. I think that was kind of priming the pump because of like people weren't like, I don't know. You didn't like, Oh, like, I don't know what I'm going to say with this. Like you don't have to have like necessarily a good guy and a bad guy all the time. You're going to blur the lines. And with this movie, it blurs the lines because like in terms of like, you'll see this, that's very, it looks very puritanical like in flashbacks, but even that's kind of messed up too. Like it just, I, I don't know where I'm going well, with yeah, this. Like, yeah. Well, you're talking, we're still talking about devil's reign at this point, right? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sorry. So, I'm, like, so we should get into, we should give a brief synopsis of the plot real quick because right. we're, we're uh, 37 minutes in. We've not really talked what the movie is. Uh, Spoiler alerts are fine at this point. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. sure. But just like, well, I, I want to like tell, tell the, um, here, I'll even throw like, here, you said spoiler alert. How about one of these? Do you know why they are called spoilers? That's, you know. Yeah, yeah we're going to discuss the entire film. Respect, respect, <laughs> respect the Trebek there. So, uh, yeah, it, it is, it, it's, it, it gets to us like media res of a family. Um, is that, is that like, I don't know if I'm saying that right. So the pre- it's like, yeah, yeah, so it's a Preston's. It's, it, 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 it's a stormy night. The Prestons are waiting for the father to come home. The mother's worried because she's had a bad dream about like this all coming to pass. Visions yeah. keep on coming to her. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And that's uh, Ida Lupino here. It's uh, it's it's she's trying to wait for Steve, her husband, to come home. Yeah. She doesn't know what's going on, but she keeps on having these visions. And then Mark, her son, who is played by Bill William Shatner, Shatner uh, comes in. He says, "I can't find him. I don't know where he's at. What's going on? What do I need to know?" And so she says that there's this big family secret, basically, and she has a lot of information that she's never told Mark. And we've been protecting a book that can't get back to the original owner of it. And things are coming to fruition now, and she needs to tell Mark about this. And so she says, you need to wear this amulet, and the amulet is going to protect you. It's going to keep you safe. 
make sure you keep this on you at all times. I'm going to show you the book. This is way Take, overdue at the library. Right. Yeah, yeah it's really. Like this but in that, still yeah, yeah. really good condition. Yeah, the book, like, when I think of this book, like, in hindsight, like, the Necronomicon, like, I was expecting something like, oh, this thing was made out of, like, human, human flesh. Human flesh and written in blood. And this thing's just like, oh, well, this was a well-kept, nice book. It's still written in blood, though. Okay, First well, but edition. First edition blood. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? Not rebound. No, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like, so he finds out like the potential that the father is like, you know, gone because of uh, Corbus. Corbus is this guy seeking the book. And then at one point, the father supposedly comes home. And this is what I was in on this movie. I'm like, all right, you get the father, like it's raining outside. And the father's like looking a little goopy <laughs> talking to them. And then he just like, he just melts. And that's a really cool effect. It's I, a really, really, really cool effect. He's just drunk. Yeah. Right. Um, we've all gotten a little goopy. Right. Sure. And so then, um, so then Shatner's like, okay, well I'm going to go. Uh, and he takes He has a gun or whatever. And he goes, out, he goes out to like the truck. Like to go handle things, and then within like a couple minutes, like the whole house gets turned upside down. He goes back inside, and like all hell broke loose within a matter of seconds. Which that sure, I don't know. That felt a little like I don't. That was weird. I think uh, I saw Steve, the the husband across the street over at your neighbor's place, turning it like he looked like a pumpkin, a rotting pumpkin, like just like <laughs> just like gooey and everything. I was like, this, like this aesthetic would like actually look really cool. Yeah. He got but home like in the time make- for the big giveaway. Yeah, yeah. the makeup yes. is actually pretty badass. Like, yeah, but like, how fast did that house get turned over? Like, like it felt like uh, he got into the he got into the truck. Every he heard like twenty seconds of screams. He went in, and John, who is the like the like, I, I guess the servant of the house or whatever, uh, like the helper, he is hanging upside down. He has to cut him down. That dude has no way of telling him what happened. He's like traumatized. The, the house got turned over like an episode of Finders Keepers from like Nickelodeon back in the day, where it's like you got to find something that ends in ook, and they're like, "Oh, we got to find it." They just keep flipping yeah. everything over. I remember I'm legend being like really chilling the first time I'd seen it because uh, I mean, like you, you go back inside or you, you hear kind of what sounds like a woman screaming. it's, yeah. it's really high pitched and stuff, and then you see like this like. You know, sweet old man who's now like you know almost ritualistically hung upside down, bleeding from the head, and it, it's it's his wails, you know, like I mean, which is it, it was really oh that, that all works. It's just like uh, in my head the, in, the, in the, the amount of time that it happens, that's, right, right, right. That's right. what I'm saying is like it could have been like if you would have had uh, it was you know, a like a flash gang thing, like you had enough flash people in that flash mob just showed up, yeah, you know? like that's yeah. like I I don't know, like it, it could be done. <laughs> how quickly it happened. It sounds like a threat that before tonight when we're done recording, I'm going to walk downstairs in my house and we turn upside down. I'm like, what happened? And, and, like, and, you know. But there's also a visual cue here too that happens. So when um, we get our main character out there, I'm sorry, you already forgot his name, William Shatner's character, Mark. When Mark goes out to the truck to check check out the truck and because he's supposed to be like, pick it up or whatever, yeah. somebody's supposed to drive him to the location. When he opens the door to the driver's side, he sees a little miniature, like wax figure, punctured through to the the uh, steering, steering wheel. wheel. Like, so that's kind of a tell that's going to happen later in. Too, yeah, that too. makes sense. But so then we get this like it's almost like a comedy of errors that everybody keeps showing up to this town. What's it called? Redwood or something? Redstone. Redstone. Uh, and it's just like it's this like. Um, you know, collapsed little Western town. Like I was all in when I saw this, I was like, this looks like, you know, like it looks like it's something. Um, and then for being told repeatedly, like, don't bring the book to uh, Corbus 
People are in a hurry to bring a book to that little, that little washed out town. Don't you know? bring a good book to a gunfight. Yeah, and well, so Corp- well, Mark Mark puts the book back too. Well, he does this time. Yeah, but so that's when he goes out, tries to you know deal with um, Corbus, who is. Um, Ernest um, Borgnine, and there's a nice little bit there, like a little uh, thing involving the well water, uh, where he's like, like uh, Shatner drinks, he's like, it's bitter, and then he says something like, um, and Borgnine's like, yeah, but it's so sweet to quench your thirst. I'm like, okay, we're in for something weird here. Yeah, yeah, I thought it that just was instantly cool. works. Yeah. yeah, and so then we're in. We find this church is boarded up. We find out that Borgnine is Corbus, and we get into this whole like test of faith. Which I never really understand uh, Shatner's faith because he has a gun, and that's his faith, I guess. Yeah, I don't but, know, but, yeah, but it works though. Do, do, uh, that's the part I that that's one of the logical leaps of faith in, the, in that film that doesn't work for me is where, where he uh, they get into the altercation, you know, yeah. at the beginning there in the church, and he shoots someone and they fall down and they don't get back up and stuff, and he's like, ah, "Is that your faith?" It's like, well, yeah, yeah, it yeah, works. It just, like, shot him. Well, imagine full, if I used it on all of you. They're they're full of gogurt. You know, like I get it. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but I mean, we wouldn't have the rest of the film from that point. You know, yeah, it, but it's you know. just like, you know, uh, but he, but he's also wearing the amulet too. That was like so. His, like, and he keeps on holding it out. Like, yeah, maybe the gun wouldn't have worked if he didn't have it on. So May, maybe, but it just. Sorry, Terry, go ahead, please. No, it, even even as we enter the church, which is not supposed to be in that area, like it's like it's all boarded up. When you go inside, there are people chanting, and we get uh, Corbus. He's kind of. <laughs> putting his spiel out there to the people and they're still chanting and we get Mark and he sits down at one of the pews and he starts praying. He starts saying the, like the Lord's prayer, but he starts changing it too. I don't think he says it completely correct. I don't think anybody in any film has ever said it verbatim. That's true. And he was just like a five year mission to explore (laughs) new, strange new worlds, you know, whatever. And to sleep with green women, you know, whatever. Rocket man. (laughs) But it's like, in that moment, he he loses his grip on reality, and then just he has to lash out, and then people start attacking him, and that's when he pulls the gun. Yeah, it's just I feel like for somebody like is his faith isn't his faith. Like he has the the medallion that he's told to be wearing the entire time that would protect him, right? But he also has the gun, and then like when he starts saying the Lord's Prayer, it's like. I feel like, you know, he's like, well, if I just, if I latch onto any of this, it has to be better than this guy. Like, I don't think he believes anything, honestly. And it's like, I don't think that really comes across well. Like, I, I wish there'd have been a little bit more grounding in the forefront of like, you know, you know, mom, I know you believe all this stuff. Like, you know, I don't like, or whatever, like something, something a little bit more to latch onto to know that he, it's like a straw man argument for him of like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to cry out to God. It's like, you've never believed in this God. You know what I mean? Like, and then if you're going to go to a test of faith versus, you know, Corbus in the, the context of this movie, you're going to lose because you don't believe in anything. And, and to ground him into the reality of this situation, when he sees his mother, his mother has, has, no eyes, like their eyes are blacked out at this point. Too. Yeah, it's a so, creepy effect. Yeah, so he flees the moment he gets out of the church. Yeah. He goes and he tries to get back to his car, and this is a really cool track shot here. Yeah. You, oh yeah, with the cameras pulling back, he's just running yeah. through the town. It's really. It's cool. a really cool shot. Yeah. Yeah. So and like the fastest you ever see Shatner move. I, I will. I'll, I'll put this more perspective later, but like there are definitely some directors and writers that are taking note from this film. But um, so he gets back to the car, the Preston car, and when he tries to get into the car, he pulls the door open, and there is one of the <laughs> eyeless figures wah, sitting there. Wah, it's like, wah. huh? 
Guess I can't sit there. Yeah, yeah. One, of, one of the cult members is already in the car. He's like, like oh, I already sorry. have my ticket, sir. Like, the like, most non-threatening dude of the yeah, entire he's mob. Like, he's like, Danny, is that you? And no, I'm just kidding. No, I don't what? Know. You know. What? Get, if that's your escape, pull that son of a bitch out of yeah. there. Like, shoot him. Like, it's just like, you it know. It worked the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so we, like, you know, at that point, whatever it was, uh, we get Corbus out there and, like, convinces. He, he pulls the, the Lost Boys bit on um, Shatner. He's like, oh, you have that uh, necklace that you're going to snake. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's a snake. And he throws it down and becomes, like, the medallion again, you know. Um, it works. It's fine. You know, and then that's how they capture him, whatever. So, but, all right. Fine. That's a decent enough setup. I was in. I thought that was like, okay, here we go. We get a, like a really weird interlude of when we get to uh, Tom Skerritt, who's the brother. Right. And his his wife. They're doing like the science a test experiment. subject. Yeah. And with Eddie Albert looking on, you know, and the whole thing is that they're talking about like, it's like, it's almost like a Flatliners thing. Look at me bringing up all these um, movies that are all directed. I think by, that scene should have wound up like the symposium scene, at, uh, you know, in the first half of uh, Scanners. To be honest, <laughs> it's not that far off. Yeah, that's we were, not that far. We really off, deserved yeah. it because, well, especially head. during the content. You know, like we're talking about like ESP and all that. Yeah, yeah. but they, they kind of they, they set up the notion, and it, it does kind of pay off later that she's kind of made herself a vessel to be open to to ESP and like different things and and whatever. And it's like it doesn't like. And that's the other thing I was going to ask you about, James. Like there, this also seems like a time in terms of filmmaking where there was a lot of like melding like um, practical science or at least approachable science and um, and things unknown. I feel like there's a lot of that crossing over a lot where it was like you know like there there's a lot of still like a lot of like um, practical like 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 Hell House like things mm-hmm. like that like things along this line which I'm kind of down for because like. Um, like it's just give me something to kind of be like, well, there's a grounding in reality here, whether the science makes sense or not, they're trying to do something like, I, I feel like there was something cool there. Like, like the exorcist where they run, um, you know, Reagan through every test. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so at least you can have that reality of like, Oh, there's something here as opposed, and then, but this movie's like, oh, we're gonna have her be weird for a second, and then all of a sudden, a message comes to Tom Scare where it's like, hey, hey, your family's in trouble because they went to um, that weird place again. Yeah, from what I remember, they don't really ever go back to that. No, they, right? But they kind of do. Like they, they only, it only comes back in the end when she was the vessel. Blood, yeah, Blood Red was kind of like that too. Or uh, yeah, Blood Red. Yeah, the the. Um, I had to think about it. Sorry. Is it the, Red. <laughs> Why am I? The Italian film. Uh, Deep Red? Deep Red. Deep Red. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Deep like, Red. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. No, I, yeah. So, because there's like that study that's going on in the beginning of the film, too. Yeah. And so it's like, it, it, it gives you basis for some events that might play out. So it's like, you're not completely lost. Like, why is this happening? Like, it, are these just weird visions? There's grounding in that reality. Yeah, I mean, at when, least, when you, at least. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, oh, you're, I was you're, saying, you're, when, when you brought up this theme, I was thinking of Brian De Palma's The Fury, which I I meant to see it, but I know that's um, <laughs> I, I know, I know, it's it's carry adjacent, you know, in the certain, <laughs> you know, and I need to watch it. I know, I know, yeah, you, you can do. judge me, but you know, also, you know, I'll think. I, I recently watched um, uh, Cronenberg's. Um, oh shit! What was it? Um, the people like the. The brood, uh, the the rabid, or a ra- rabid, rabid. rabid. Yeah. I've seen the brood before too, but he also approaches things from like a a scientific position. And the, these films around that time, where it's like it goes in, it goes in weird and groupy places, but at least you get like this way in that mm. I don't know if you necessarily get in a lot of movies later. And I think, 
And with this, it's like, I was like, oh, you're going to give me like some type of attempt at like scientific grounding for this. Because when we get to Eddie Albert's character later about the leaps in logic that he makes about why he thinks things are going to work a certain way. I'm like, you've not proven to me that's how this works yet. But anyway, so that whole sequence, it gets, it gets cut short. Um, cause someone tells Tom scared that his family done screwed up again. Right. And, uh, he goes out to the homestead and it's like, I, I just, we also never get like a clear thing about this family secret and about, it's like, if they're supposed to be these protectors of this, this book, right. I, I, Ida Lupino's character never, ever, ever explained to her, her family, like, Hey, by the way, we have a responsibility because of this. Like, it's like, I don't know, like you have this book that could end the world, but also it's only like a two hour drive away from where the guy wants it. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's just like, how dare uh, you yeah. put it in Siberia? Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. At least they hid the infinity stones, mostly across the galaxy. <laughs> Three of them ended up on earth, which is weird, but you know, some of them are other places. It just seems like to me, you would, uh, maybe move to like the next County over. I don't know. But anyway, so I just feel like they were never informed, which if the film would have done a better job of like, well, maybe if we don't tell them about like the burden, then maybe it'll just kind of go away. Cause it's like, if just they ignore it, well, cause if, if the secret dies with them, then no one will know the book is there. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a certain amount of like, I, the film, I infer a lot and I'm not trying to shit on it. It's a weird watch and sure. I enjoyed watching it, but there's times where you're like, I, I want to get weird. I want urge Borgnine to make things get weird. I want him <laughs> to turn into a goat person. Let's just get weird. You will get your wishes. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it happens. Yes. But, you know, I, I see what you're saying, though. But at the same point, it's like you want substance here, too. I feel like this movie really suffered from the, the budget cost. Like, they, they were cutting costs. They were, they were saying, like, you can't, you can't do this movie at that cost. You got to cut it down. You got to cut it down. And you have 14, 14 days to film this movie really yeah that was the notes i found like ten, they of were, the, ten of them were just making goopy people for the last 20 minutes <laughs> right yeah so it's like it went from a four-week shoot from what i have on my notes here i think it was four weeks and, and then oh eight weeks <laughs> and then they went to uh yeah yeah 14 days that's how a, about that that's a very <laughs> canon move too i had no yeah. idea that they had any budgetary problems with this film at all i mean i i would say it's a film that um I've been getting so spoiled with uh, with high def lately. I, I I was I was never. How one dare of, you? I was never one of the people that was just kind of like, no, I mean, it's got to be about VHS or nothing because that's when I grew up. I got to have the lo-fi. But like, yeah. I but uh, for the longest time, I was just like, no, DVD is the best. It's fine. It's good for me. It's the best happy medium. Blu-ray is just expensive for a bunch of bells and whistles. No, I mean, it, it's literally all all I want now um, for the most part. But. Um, there are some movies that I think, you know, kind of suffer from high def every once in a while. Uh, you know, sometimes it shows the zipper and the monster costume a little bit. Uh, my and- favorite version of Aliens is was my old VHS copy. <laughs> you know, I'm just being serious because, sure. like, something the about... The darks are dark, and, like, and it's like, and it's like that movie it needs to dark? exist... That even like um, even like some of the um, the rear rear projection in that movie works better on VHS, and that's like whatever. That but, movie needs to exist in this like really dark, super scary atmosphere where you don't know what's going on, and like it's goopy and it's like it. Uh, some, sometimes when things are a little too clean, it's like you're like you lose a little bit of the magic. Yeah, well, but it, nobody made them at that time knowing that there would be this type of definition right. later. Yeah, right. Well, I would say, I mean, the only the only effect that I think ever looks like kind of dated in this is the the, the ones with the eyes. You know, the the, the black screens obviously that yeah. over the eyes. You know, built up eyelids and stuff over top of it. Um, that that was literally the only part in this the, this film that I go back and I watch. I'm like, hey, wait, 
whatever. But like uh, everything else, I mean, like God, you know, ever the melting scenes and stuff. Oh et no, are just amazing. oh that's great. To this day, I yeah. still think are yeah. way better than anything you're going to see with CGI. And I'm not anti CGI either, but I mean, it's lots of know, nacho cheese. Lots, yeah, lots of it, and it's no, no, lots I, of gogurt. Lots of gogurt, right? Uh, it was just, but no, no, like so, uh, and everything you're saying, I, I agree with you. Uh, and but when you mentioned like watching in high definition, like I wa- like I picked up a Blu-ray of this recently, and I was like, I know it's on Shutter, but I was like, well, I have the Blu-ray, I might as well watch it because it'd yeah. be silly to buy it. It's on a streaming service. I'll leave it in plastic, you know, whatever. Um, and it looks like the the movie looks good. Like when you um, said, hey, can we talk about this? I, your first thing you said to me was it's gorgeous and yeah. and, it, and it, for for what it is it, like the, the the color palette's really cool yeah oh, um yeah. some of the visuals are really really neat um and like and this film taken in kind of like segments is really interesting right and there's some really powerful stuff going on um i just think from a to b it kind of like it it isn't it doesn't always pay off what it's trying to say. Not that the movie's impossible to follow sure. because it certainly is. It's just for being like, I, I know there's a shortened like shooting schedule. So maybe there was a more complete script here. We don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I just also feel like regardless of how much money is being spent, you could always like get into the script and make changes and maybe, and maybe they didn't see this because when they went to the post with the editing, it's like, Oh, we didn't actually catch this part. We're going to try our best here. Right. Like, I get that too. I, 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 how many movies have I made? I, but I, but there's certain Where's bridge no, parts no here. No pickup shots if you only got 14 days to film, <laughs> right? Like, and so like, so that's maybe I'm judging this harshly because they made this under duress, right? And I'm, I'm not saying I hate this movie because I did like it. It's just I feel like it's kind of built up this like this looming shadow over the couple of years of seeing it being referenced in our cast list with the Twilight Zone and seeing all the names involved. And you like you see this, you're like, oh god, this is going to be a banger of a film. And it doesn't like, and it is, eh. um, and <laughs> it doesn't get there until like, um, like we talked about the first third of it. So you guys can like, you know, we'll like, you know, goopy people happen. Um, spoiler. Um, but when we even get to what the devil's reign is, it's an interesting idea, but really what, what is it? What is the, de- so James, I'm gonna put it to you because you, you, you are the champion of this film. Cause I'm going to guess what is the fear. No, so, so yeah, no, cause Terry, a couple nights ago when I saw your social media, you're like, what the F am I watching? Cause you watched it before me and I was like, spoilers. I was joking. Like, I feel like you both uh, came into this being like, all right, we're going to watch this. Huh? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was, I was really caught off guard because I thought this was going to be a very linear storyline that I could understand. I was like, but wait, it's the seventies. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so then you, you bumped a couple rails. Yeah. And then you- <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I get it. You know? Well, no, you've told us before. At Talavane. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. No. You said this is a very straightforward story. So James, like, like not, not, not defend it. Cause I mean, I don't think that's the right way, but You've seen this previously. Well, yeah, I don't feel you, like you guys are attacking it either. No, I like no. I, mean, I know we're making our jokes because that's seriously. Like, well, I, 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 yeah. I, I think that Paul and I also approach it from the the viewer standpoint as well. So it's like if you could give a little bit more of a view of what the next possible scenarios are to give this a little bit more clarity to the viewer as well, because I I don't know I don't know if we can explain it as best as you can because you appreciate this film as i mean for how many years have you known this film 
Oh, probably since 2006. I brought the DVD with me here. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Dark Skype put the DVD back out. I, I, it's copyrighted for 2006, and I think that was it. Um, you know, some people have put it out since then. Uh, don't buy the cheesy flicks one. Uh, no, uh, I, I picked up the Blu-ray of it recently. I don't know who put it out, but Severance. so we're not we're so not yeah, trying to we're not trying to bash a film by any means. Well, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. But it's like you. This is this. You've lived. You've had this film. You've lived with it for a while, mm-hmm. and so you, you know the aesthetic. You know the the, the genre. Well, like the I said, I, I was largely unfamiliar with it up until. Uh, well, I mean, I had seen it back in like '06, but uh, I think you know '06, '07, something. But like, uh, I hadn't seen it since then, up until just like a couple weeks ago. It was a streaming on Shutter, and um, just by happenstance, it, it just came out on one of their streaming channels, and uh, like it just made me take notice of it again. Yeah. Um, what What was the question? Well, no, but, back, no, no I'm not saying what I'm saying is like, like. Um, so with the the name The Devil's Reign, which is badass, you get all the um, oh yeah linear storytelling. Yeah, uh, what, you know, um, the one thing I would say to to kind of you know help uh, put yourself in some context for this it's it's a seventies film. It's a mid seventies film. Seventy five, seventies uh, genre film. Everybody dies. Everybody's got to die at the end, um, or or face some kind of like serious doom. There's no happy endings to seventies films. Um, and, you know, and I'm thinking mostly of you know like. Uh, I always think of John Haug films. Or like, what well, Easy Rider, which I know that kind of also ends. Like, I've not seen it, but I know how it ends. Uh, he, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, Easy Rider 69, but it did usher in that kind of wave of downer endings. It's almost say. as it's, if it's like the, the 60s, the 70s it's almost as if the 60s like, you know, fell on its keys at the end. I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, it's the uh, Tate LaBianca murders of film, essentially. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, it ends that era. Putting the viewer on their, on their toes because they... They're not supposed to expect anything. Well, then it's also like, you know, you've been, you, there's a lot of, also a lot of people coming back after the war and there's a lot of like, you know, th- there's a little bit more cynicism coming in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a decade of cynicism and it's a decade where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, basically, uh, major, major, uh, like moguls of, uh, you know, like the major studios in Hollywood, uh, just kind of let a lot of creative people have free reign. Well, because they didn't know where to go because the studio, the old school studio system wasn't working anymore. Yeah. So they gave some people like a little bit of leeway and then you got some weird stuff. And so like you got like, the, but the, the, it's not the new way, but like this avant-garde type of like sure. approach. Yeah. It, it's where you're like Scorsese's and Hal Ashby's and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Bogdanovich, et cetera. Like, you know, that's where a lot of them kind of like really like flourish. Yeah. Establish their careers for themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, like I said, I I was talking about uh, like John Haug a second ago, and like uh, uh, Haunting of Hell House, uh, but also like uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, uh, did the Witch uh, the Witch Mountain movies too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I think Hell House has got a bit of a downer ending to it to a degree. Uh, uh, Great film it, though. It's been a second. Yeah. Oh no, it's amazing. Um, uh, Dirty that- Mary, Crazy Larry has like to me the pinnacle seventies ending where it's like everything's just like yes we made it everything's fine now we're you know like you know like nothing can stop us at this point except a train you know? <laughs> <laughs> except a train when you're trying to cross the road when you're in your getaway car you you think you finally escaped the police but you know no yeah so so what you're saying like. I, uh, so in terms of like the narrative, in terms of the characters, I think you get all that with this. I'm not. I'm not saying. Well, I, that. I'm saying that's the context of uh, a film that comes from this period. It's a genre film. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times, it, it, a lot of these movies, I feel like are just kind of written just to kind of like it's like let's create a vehicle to get to this downer ending. Uh. Yeah, because you mentioned Race with the Devil, and it's like that film. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like that. I mean, I'm lukewarm. Ultimate to that film. Upbeat, that, uh, upbeat ending. Yeah, like I'm lukewarm to that whole film, but the ending is like like I wish the movie. 
I, I wish the, the the movie itself earned that ending because the ending, the visual of that ending in that movie is amazing. Which, yeah. Terry, I don't know if you've seen Race of the Devil. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Um, We've talked about it. Yeah, I, his, I need his, to get to his, it. His, yes. uh, was it Peter Fonda? Yes. Uh, was it Peter Fonda? Peter Fonda. Yeah. Peter Fonda and Warren Oates, the, yeah. uh, the, 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 uh, the kings of 70s genre. Yeah, genre. and it's like, it's, it, these films, like they're very similar in the sense of like, there's, there's also a weird reality grounding moment in that too. But with this, it's like, so what I'm saying is like, you set up the devil's reign and you get this idea like they go to the church and then they they open up the soul like the soul like portal thing that I don't know I think there's ninja turtles living down there or something I don't know but they open it up and then they find this jump thing. in a gun. It's, the, it's the dead pit yeah they're finding this thing that's like this like you know like Fabergé egg with the horns on it that, <laughs> it's a tamagotchi um, it's a tamagotchi <laughs> and then we find out that like and we like there's this other flashback stuff too but we find out that Corbus has been around like in one way or another for quite a while. Like it might be generational, but like there's been, it's kind of like he, his, uh, his he, spirit uh, or his yeah. essence. He's, May, kind of, he's Mayflower material. The, yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah. Cause um, he, because he was amongst he, Puritans. Yeah. He's uh he's Korvac uh, from uh, Marvel comics. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about? He is time. Yeah, he's, he's Jonathan Korvac, but it's Corbus. But like, so we got this thing where he's been like this, like leader of like the satanic, like, um, like group for a while. I, I also like the idea that there's um, pilgrims in the West. I don't know, you know, like because we find out like like was this supposed didn't to be like, work out that was way? Was supposed it, to be like Mayflower times? I was going like, to say, did it not migrate? They're not I, supposed to be like in the territory. I don't at that know. Point? It just felt weird. I'm like, they could have never made that migration. I mean, sure. I, I don't know, but it just felt weird to me. It's like we're going to do a flashback to like pilgrim times. It's like we're all angry at them. I'm like, is this the town that was supposed to be in? Because I think it was. I, I don't think know. in the 70s, people were a lot more open to suggestion and not like, yeah, really I, observing those d- logical leaps. I, I, that's fair <laughs> enough. I, if this was an A24 film, we would have had like, like you know, there would. <laughs> it's. I mean, it, it's, you know, 2021, and I'm still very uh, forgiving of, you know, these films for, you know, I, 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 no, I get it. And, like, I a get, lot more than I would be for films today. Oh, for it. sure. And, and like, I, I bought what was going on that's very generational, and he's almost like, like reincarnating every generation to get this book, and he has his, his, his um, group, the book is a name of souls that he has control of, and they're all beholden to him because of the church of Satan and all that. But it's like at the same time, though, so the devil's reign is this thing that he has control of. It's all these souls he has control of, but he is he is a servant to Satan, right? That we were yeah, supposed to understand higher, that. That is the higher power. Yeah. So, but he's keeping these souls for himself. I mean, because I would imagine that Satan's probably a greedy son of a bitch. And he's like, I want them all. And he's like, no, I got them all over here in my Tamagotchi. But I don't know what the point of it was other than collecting and making it more powerful. So when the thing actually breaks open and it lets all the souls out, I don't. Then it I, just rains for no reason. I don't what I mean, I'm just saying like the, the like. Like, isn't that like it? I don't understand like the point of it. I really don't understand. I also the don't point know. I don't understand like how Corbus gets also black metal and turns into the goat beast. I was like, but I, I was all in for I, that. I would say that's probably time. just possession. Yeah. I mean, but at the same point, like he goes back and the the possession, like whatever that is, if it's Pazuzu or whatever, like goes back to bed and like, all right, call me when you need me again. Cause he goes back to Corbus. Nah, I, I think that's what he's always been. I just think that like the 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 Corbus is the facade, and him being he, so you know, it's like maybe he, goes, he was never human, and him being goat boy. You know, I was like, okay, fine. Like he, you know, but I don't know. I like the moment that showed up in the movie. I'm like, I like the makeup effects. Actually, not bad. I it's just, cool. Like the, I just, I just wish the lighting was a little different because you could definitely it just it. It's cool. It's a cool makeup. A little too bright. Yeah, it's just it, yeah. yeah. 
That's all. But Who I mean, calls and, and, me? And I don't mean to complain about that at all, too. Whatever. And that's that's one of the effects that I do. I don't think suffers from high def. No. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I, I, mood lighting, you know, could have you know left a little yeah. more to be desired. Yeah. But I don't understand his end game of like him converting his followers and taking their souls and putting them in um, this this thing, right? Which uh, I think that's a cool image because when you actually see what's going on and however they did that effect of the of the uh, the capsule showing everybody inside suffering is really 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 cool. I loved how the thing radiated outward and they could look in and see the people inside suffering and the souls inside and the way it's raining and they're miserable. I just think that if the souls are let out, I'm not saying it's a happy ending. I just don't understand why it does what it does. Like, and I'm maybe it's supposed to be like, but it's just weird and like okay, it's fine, but. I was hoping for a little bit more understanding. Yeah. You know, it's, that's all. yeah why uh, does it, that thing exist? Definitely a suspension of disbelief moment. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, 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 Give I, me I, answers. You watched this 15 years ago. And you watched it again recently. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, have, have, you, have, have you watched any like uh, behind the scenes stuff about that effect? Not yet. Um, I the, the Blu-ray is stacked full of special features. Yes, it is. I don't um, have the Blu-ray. Um, Not yet. And um, I, I need. There's also a commentary from the director. I think he did a commentary track, um, like or, there, or there's commentary from him. I don't know if they patch it together or what. But there's a lot of extra stuff because there's a lot of these um, genre films that people really come in. Do we have enough time that I could talk about the special features a little Please. bit? Yes, oh, absolutely. I just wanted to take just a second to talk about uh, what was different than the uh, um, from the Dark Sky DVD that came out in 06 to the uh, Severn Blu-ray that came out. I am not sure what year that was. All I can tell you is that it was in the period where their cases were still blue and not black. Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, both... Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> b- <laughs> both copies uh, have director commentary from uh, Robert... I, I, I want to say Fwest. Um, but, uh, Herbert Fwest. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, the uh, the Dark Sky DVD actually has a newsreel about LaVey in it. Um, they both have uh, the trailer, radio spots, and still galleries. The Blu-ray, though, is stacked with a lot more. Um, there is the Confessions of Tom featurette. Uh, that's with Tom Skerritt. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an interview with Tom Skerritt. Uh, there's Devil's Makeup. Uh, it's an interview with Tom Berman, who did all the makeup effects mm. for it. Um, I have no idea if, if any of these cover that effect with the... Uh, I'm sure they well do. Of souls, they, they, be, we'll, yeah. they give us more information at least. Yeah. Um, what does it say? There's a, what is it, a 75 archive interview with Shatner. Um, first stop Durango, which is an interview with the script supervisor, uh, consulting with the devil, which is a, it's an interview with Anton LaVey. I don't know if this Blu-ray actually has that newsreel though. Um, there's uh, another feature called Hail Satan, which is an interview with the LaVey biographer. And there is a feature with, uh, Daniel Roebuck, um, you know, some people might know is like the murderer from like River's Edge. Oh, uh, been in a ton of later Rob Zombie films. Um, I, I've always known him as the uh, the man that played uh, Jay Leno in the, uh, the 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 weird little uh, was that the late night the uh, late kind night, of biopic yeah, yeah, yeah. film, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, but uh, no, it's it's just an interview because he's 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 like an avid horror collector. Okay, he, he's actually great on a uh, there, there's a there's a Groovy Ghoulies uh, box set that came out uh, about the same time probably Devil's Reign DVD hmm. came out. But uh, it's it's uh, him and uh, I forget his name. It's a, he's a voice actor, does a lot of cartoons. He worked for like Invader Zim and SpongeBob. But they are both like major major like <laughs> Tom Kenny. Uh, maybe. maybe anyway so my so there's a lot of special features of the blu-ray that yeah. i've not gotten to yet there's a lot of probably a lot of content i'm gonna have to too. check that out man i'm gonna yeah. have to i'm probably oh, gonna have the, to the borrow blu-ray this. is gorgeous because it also has the reverse cover art like that that yeah. they do that's really really cool but so 
so I don't understand how the devil rain, devil's reign works. And then we get like, so the ending of this, when the thing gets broken, cause Eddie Albert seems to figure it all out. I'm like, I don't know, but whatever <laughs> for reasons for reasons. Um, we get, um, this prolonged sequence, which is, which is great. And with the knowledge that it goes on for a while, like we see all the followers, uh, of Corbus and how they're all like disintegrating in the devil's reign and they're all melting. And it's, it's like, it's the longest part of the movie. I love and, that. They give that no, time to breathe their time to melt. Rather. That, no, no, I think that's great too. But at the same time, it's like, I'm like, Oh, well, and then, but then you get to the, you get to the very, very end. It's like, dude, hey, did you like the 20 minutes of the melted corpses? What about this over? Like, Oh, what, wait, what, what's going on here? But no, that was cool. Um, and I like the fact that it exists in like a lot of the melting sex dolls, which is what that was. Yep. Um, the way they did some of the deflating, everything. It's like it, it looks really, really cool. It's a yeah. it's a really cool makeup effect. And I honestly, I give a lot of credit to this because there are some awesome effects going on in this, and a lot of them. And I'm I'm glad that they're like they're all displayed, but there are so many of them. It's like. We could have pulled back a little bit and give more substance to no. the movie. But, but then you wouldn't have a feature-length film. Right. <laughs> like, to, they, well, substance know. to the film, though. I like, agree, but it's like, how much more do they shoot? Because it's like, hey, guys, we didn't get a lot of the plot, but we got seven hours of goopy things going on. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of coverage they shot that's like, just keep it going, because we got to get this thing this to feature-length. This is all we have. That's yeah. great. Can we cut it down to 20 minutes? It's like, though? no, we can't, no. No, but so then we get to the, so the big the big thing at the end, which I think is amazing, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it comes out of nowhere is that we get Tom Skerritt saving his wife and, and the church is burned to the ground. Explodes. Multi, like I love it. Whenever, um, the board night falls into the soul pit, the thing just detonates. It's like, okay, I don't understand how <laughs> this works. It must be a propane church. I don't you know. You have to watch this folks. Uh, it's like, <laughs> we're not doing yeah, it. Justice. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I love how anytime when evil dies tonight, uh, it just explodes. Uh, <laughs> how every, everything, it just ends in like detonation, regardless of what's going on. It's like, this, this is even combustible. C4 strapped to them. Like <laughs> yeah. what is going on? Yeah, sure. It's just like, Oh, part of, part of being in the cult was we had to drink a lot of gasoline. It was, just, you know, um, but so anyway, so at the very end we get scared bringing his wife out and then like, they're like together and we, we get like, we get two sequences of illusion in this film. One mm. was with, um, the, the necklace and one was with, um, Shatner being tempted by Lilith that turned out to end up becoming his mother with no eyes. And it's like, okay, that's creepy. And you know, weirdly sexual, Surprise. They're very horny. It's very horny. I'm kidding. Um, and very, so very edible. Yeah, we know that there's the potential for the switcheroo. We get it. So at the end, when we get like Borgnine, like Corbus actually being the one that was brought out because of Scarret saving, it's like, it's like, it's a cool look. And then we find out somehow there is a a, a new Devil's Reign thing being set up, like a new Soul Orb with his wife inside, like and like her. She's screaming. trapped in it. Yeah, and it's like it's like I don't understand that, but I do respect the ballsiness of the movie that. It it ends with no score, and it ends with her just like just slamming the edges of this glass, and then s- credits are just subsiding. Right, right over the top of that, right? Yeah, it's really- just the credits are running over top of her, screaming with the, like the rain pouring down on her. But she subsides and she just looks into the camera because she's like she's she's screwed, remiss. Which is like that's the downer ending. I mean, it's I'm like no, no. But I'm saying like that's films. such a powerful image, and I love that end sequence. I just the movie doesn't get me to be like. Oh, like, like, um, so I've, I've, I've talked about this on the show before, uh, when they were test screening Carrie in the theaters, 
um, they had a surprise screening, uh, and Stephen King went with his wife Tabitha, and the the crowd there was supposed to go see a Red Fox film, and they didn't. They switched it out, so the crowd was you know maybe not like maybe not your target market for Carrie, right? Um, and so they get to the end of Carrie, and like the, the the crowd is kind of like I don't like they were told they're going to watch a comedy, they're not watching Carrie, and so you get Stephen King and his wife, who I think are the only white people in the theater. Um, and they were like, like they were like, we're going to get like, our, we're, people are going to be mad the entire night of what's going on. Um, like, you know, cause I, if I went to go see a comedy and like, we're going to watch it, like, yeah, I can understand that. There's the part in Carrie at the end when we have Sue Snell go to look at Carrie's grave. It's like a dream sequence. And then like, um, and then Carrie bursts out and grabs like Sue. Someone in the audience yelled out, she is never going to be right. Like she's never going to be right. And, and Steve looked at his wife and was like, I think we might have a hit here. Like, and so I feel like that's one of those things where the whole, the whole theater got quiet and watched this film. And then the ending just punched them in the face. Like that's like this ending of this movie is a punch in the face, but it's like the weakest punch ever where it's like, Oh, we didn't give you enough here because like, just my God, this would have been just massive if you would have given me more to latch onto. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I see yeah. your point there. So, I mean, I'm not trying to show in the movie. Please don't 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 misunderstand that. It's just that like you go in, and it's like you give me all these pieces, parts, and it's like, and I'm like, oh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get like, like I don't know. Like, there's there's the ingredients are here to make something amazing, and the film looks great, and there's bits in here. Urs Borgnine is amazing throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Shatner is pretty great too. Um, and Tom, like, I don't think there is really a, a hollow performance of the wife. She's not given much to do. Yeah. There's um, not a, there's yeah. not enough grounding for her yeah, character. The script kind of fills some of the actors. I'll, I'll yeah. agree with that. Yeah. But I don't think that like, I don't think there's like, like, a, like an annoying or grating performance. Maybe Travolta is Danny. Cause we don't ever see him. We see him, but we don't hear his name. I'm <laughs> I was just mad almost yeah. because I'm like, this is supposed to lead into him being a Scientologist, sort of. <laughs> so I was like, you need to be weird in what this if, film. What was just him at the end, just pounding it just in the glass? It's like, oh, no, they got him. You know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you just see uh, old Ron Hubbard above just laughing at him. <laughs> um, so I'm glad we watched this. Uh, James, you are, I'm not saying that like Terry and I didn't appreciate this. And Terry, I should actually ask you, I'm sorry, I keep like stepping on you. Um your thoughts on this film, and we'll get to the twist in a second, whatever that is. Um, but you first were like, what was I watching? So where do you land on this after watching it? I like the film. I think it has, it's a lot of merits, especially when you're talking to that time and like the satanic panic and all that stuff. Like there's, there's really cool narratives going on here, but I was so confused the entire film that I wish that like somehow some way somebody would have stepped in and been like, we can do this better. And I don't know. Like it was just one of those films. I'm like in passing, I don't get it, but I can see why it existed in that time period. So I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, but I know why it exists. I would honestly hate to see somebody try to remake it in this period. No, I would never want to see somebody remake it, but Not I would that that's want... that's what you're suggesting, but... Yeah, it's just... I mean, I... It's, I it's that weird I, thing where it's like, I can see somebody kind of, like, course-correcting it, 
at that time, but not remaking it. it yeah. I just, I know I made the A24 joke earlier, but I feel like, like, cause I mean, I know they're, they don't always come out with winners. I know they're just a distribution company and they, they, but it's like, um, the way I felt at the end of hereditary, I wanted to feel that at the end of this, if that makes sense where it's like you have this family just broken and it's like, and then, and then things get very weird, weird and hail payment, you know, like it's just this whole, like that I feel like there's that not that I need Ari Aster to remake the devil's reign. I don't necessarily need that because I feel like that it would get become, just become a boyfriend girlfriend thing again. Um, and I love Hereditary and Midsummer. I don't need him to touch this. But I totally wouldn't mind if he did it, though. I mean, uh, I, I think he at least bring the gravitas to it, right? And I yeah. think, but I also think there's that kind of like I don't, I don't like the term elevated horror. Like I think that's kind of bullshit because it's like either it's like you're making a film, you're making a horror film, you're making a western, you're making a drama, you're making a, a film, right? Don't, don't sound like you're too good for horror. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all. And I don't, I don't think he said that either. I, yeah. but, but I know he does want to be shoehorned into like a lane, right? But I feel like this is something that could be revisited in like an interesting way. Like, um, Oh, who's the guy that did the witch and, um, was it Eggers and, um, the lighthouse? Was that the guy that did those, those two films? Uh, is that Ari Aster? No, it's not Ari Aster. I only I, just I, recently realized that was the same filmmaker. I, I, I don't follow. Him okay. Enough, but know. it's just like something like that might be like, I maybe, How dare maybe, you. <laughs> right. Like, I, I think there's, I think there's up and comers that could actually like approach this and like still make it weird and like just worth your time. But also, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that this, uh, I think with this movie existing, I, it's one of those things that it's, it's hard to trace who it influenced because you watch this thing. It's like, you know, that's the people watch this and was like, that's crazy. And it inspired others, you know? And then sometimes maybe it's an imperfect work. Robert Eagers. Yeah. Um, that ends up inspiring others to do not a perfect, like a perfect work, but like, um, a more cohesive work. So sometimes if something exists before and people love it and then they go and do their own thing. So because this exists, who knows what's inspired and made people want to do. So I think I think it's worthy of that. I love the cast. I love the idea. I think there's some really crazy things in here. Um, I, I just wish it was like maybe a smidge tighter and a little like I don't need to have every single moment of a film explained to me. I don't need that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I want like I want the movie to know what's going on. Right. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I, how do I how do I how do I describe that? Like like um one of my favorite films of all time is Session Nine. Um that movie knows what it's doing. It doesn't tell me everything. And you walk away with, I don't know what's going on there, but the movie's confident that it knows what's going on. You know what I mean? Like there's, and this, I don't know if it, I don't know if it knows what's going on. And it, I, it's know. okay if it's ambiguous, but it doesn't need to seem like it was written. Like, like the third act was yeah. written by a seven year old. Yeah, like, like the thing, like Carpenter's the thing, like it, it doesn't give you every piece of information at the end, but it gives you enough to be like, Oh, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I, I have, I've connected the dots so far, you know? Like, yeah. And I get, I'm bringing like a pinnacle of like whatever to this, but it's like, you know, I don't need to be spoon fed. And I know there's sometimes where there's movies that are trying to be too clever. That's like, well, if you don't get it, you don't get it. It's I just don't, over your head. I don't get this vibe from this movie. I yeah. don't get it where it's like, if you don't understand it good luck. No, there's you know? no error of pretension with it. Yeah. But see, uh, and, and if I have to make any suggestions for films that like maybe people took notes, you know, and they saw this film and they, I don't want to say did it better, but like they did their own interpretation of it. Phantasm. Phantasm is in the same kind of like vein of this film. 
and like nothing is really all to explain to it but like there's weird shit going on and we have cloaked figures and we have like this person that you're supposed to believe in phantasm and also a demon knight I, I well demon knight it's like it just drops you into this whole like ages old like battle and it's like I know, like we talked about that episode of uh, Creep Show, that second segment that was at the one from like third or fourth episode, Meter Reader. It's like that guy just loves Demon Knight. Like, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't mind the idea of having like this generational like um, obligation, right? You know, and I don't I also don't mind like the sins of the father. Like, I don't mind all that too. Like, there's a lot of cool shit in here, and like, like, and some of the ritual sequences are really neat, and like, just yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess for me. It's very hypocritical of me to be like, that movie doesn't make sense. Screw you versus that movie doesn't give me all the answers. I respect it. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I love Phantasm. Phantasm is one of my favorite films of all time. Not even horror films, favorite films. So, And that movie doesn't really make sense either. So, <laughs> so can, like, I, can I tell you, Terry, we're not going to be friends anymore <laughs> when I say I've never seen a Phantasm film. And I have a couple of DVDs I'm going to let you have. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've I've never seen I've I'm not I don't know. He's just, told me this multiple times. Here, this and I'm going to lead him. This I'm going to lead him. Here, here, here again. Here. Not judging. Oh, shut up, Paul. That's where we're at with that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, I'm going to yeah. lead him to the light. No, I've been meaning to sit down because like I understand that maybe like the later entries aren't as strong. It's one of the series that just was never like in my family, and I just I want to run it like kind of straight through. And, and just, it's not a hundred percent through the series. No. I mean, because there is. There's some bad films in those. I, I, well, um, I mean, I mean, for goodness sakes, I've watched the Cube sequels. I know there's bad sequels to films, but uh, but whatever. But my my point is like like um, especially like this ritualistic like satanic thing. Like like I know there's other films out there that I've not seen that I'm like I people have talked about Ty West's House of the Devil, which I've not seen. I need to see that. Yeah, I, I, I James, heard have it's you seen really House good. Of the Devil or no, James? Have I seen House of the Devil? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Okay, yeah, it's so no. so. <laughs> See, I, I people people made a big to do about that movie. I, uh, I just, I mean, I, I I think Ty West is competent, but doesn't always go for the kill. Like that's what I'll say. Like because sure. like, the Innkeepers was kind of like, eh, anyway. I, like, I actually really like the. Innkeepers. I don't think I've ever seen anything that he's put out. The Innkeepers was okay. It's just I feel like it's like there's there's like a light touch, and then there's like a touch lighter. Like he hover handed that whole film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a hover hand. Film. I liked everything about the film except for the ending, and even that. I mean, I was forgiving of it, but I mean, it's it's out of his entire body of work, which is not that yeah big. I mean, like I, 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 that's the only one I've really liked. I, House of the Devil. Just everybody brought that to me as just oh the my god, jizzing on their pants. Dude, as like soon that. as somebody tells me like or oh, throwback to eighty <laughs> stuff, I'm just get out of here. Are we family family? I don't know. So get out um, of here. So all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put this to you, James, because like I know Terry and I talked about our feelings about this, and you slid into my DMs with a, a, a severe, like, a shocking amount of nudity. Uh, er, <laughs> er, Ernest Ernest Borgnine nudity too. It was That's weird. the shocking um, yeah. amount. I mean, I I wasn't against it, uh, but um, your thoughts on this film? I know you've said it before, but like sum it up. Like your thoughts on the Devil's Reign? Well, you know, there's honestly a lot of stuff that we we talk about here tonight that I never really considered. Uh, and, and again, I, I guess it's because I'm a lot more forgiving of these uh, the films from this period or whatever. Like when they when they don't make you know a ton of linear sense with this, uh, it never bothers me. Uh, part of that's just because of the fact that I, I don't hold it to today's standards. Um, Fair enough. Know, th- there's a lot of films that we've seen today where. I don't know. I, I, literary uh, wise, I, I think we've got a lot more a higher standard today when it comes to things. Um, 
you know, in the 70s in filmmaking, maybe not so much. Uh, but yeah, I, sim- I, I adore this movie. Uh, big time um again and that's only recently you know just as i rewatched it you know just a few weeks ago it uh it it reawakened that for me even the first time i watched it didn't have that huge of an impression on me maybe it's because the uh i don't know the restoration that they've done today um you know for me it it really is all about the visuals with this primarily i would say um i i do love again the, the, the those 70 elements where it's got the downer ending to it um I don't know. I, 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 I don't need a whole lot of it to make sense. And again, you talked about being hypocritical with that, and I kind of feel the same way. I watch Halloween Kills, and I hate that movie. <laughs> Cannot stand that movie. And, and, and it, it, it has a lot of you know logical leaps. Uh, where you're, uh, yeah. Well, not to... I mean, just so many parts were just kind of like, really? Like, oh, yeah. oh so we, 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 uh, we've seen the guy on TV... But we've mistaken the 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 the, the short fat balding we, we, dude. Yeah, we we've seen Schwarzenegger time. on TV, but somehow we see Devito. Yeah, as, as, as the other yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. one of a list. Yes. of things that I think make that movie crap. Um, no offense if you guys love that movie. We haven't talked about <laughs> it. But, um, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't consider it my top Halloween film of the year. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I just I, I'm very unforgiving about the stuff today. I guess because of the fact that it's just we we've had so many things. You know, we've got a bar set now. Like, just over the years between here and '75, you know, like uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that's just like that's not okay anymore. You yeah. Know, uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I, but I, you know, I, I don't mind pushing boundaries. I don't mind like going in different directions and like, you know, like, so like everything you're saying is right. And it's not that it's not that I'm holding it up against now. I'm, I'm like, you know, for goodness sakes, sure. like we watched, we watched uh, five seasons of the twilight zone from like the early sixties. And those are half hour episodes. And it's not the same thing as this. I get it. Um, but there's a certain amount of like, did people think this through? You know, and like, mm-hmm. so, and there's, there's times where like, I'm here, I'll, I'll put this to you, James. There's a season two episode of the, um, of Twilight Zone called the howling man that, um, is written by Charles Beaumont, where this guy tells a story about how they supposedly captured the devil at a cell at a monastery and how like it's, it gets, it gets weird. And then the ending of it, the, the makeup effects, everything's great. It's like, these these stories aren't too dissimilar in the sense of like faith versus faith, belief, and all that. And that was written in like the early '60s, and this has been like you know 15 plus years. I think there's a certain amount of um, I think there is people get um, what's the there's a certain amount of intelligence that keeps building to this point. They should have by '75 they should have like developed their storytelling skills. You think a little bit more. I, I just think that in terms of like if you're going to make a movie that's going to be released in the theater, I think we do like unless you're completely like smart and are able to break down the format and, and give me something that, you know, from like, that is, I'm not saying nonlinear, but there's people that can break the format mm-hmm. uh, of what we know as a traditional film with like, you know, your call to action, your rising action, you know, your, your denouement and your falling action, which is like, you get a lot of that, right? Like there's arcs to characters, like, like any movie we watch, within reason all follow the same beats. It's just a matter of like, is it a different flavor? How do we mix it up? Right. Um, like, I mean, and people can fight me on that, but I think that's kind of like, if you're going to a movie, you expect a beginning, middle and end, unless you're able to, uh, give me something like, um, I don't know, like memento where it's like end middle beginning and do it like smartly. Like, you know, 
that's very genre breaking, but not every movie can do that. And it's a hard line to walk and to be like, we're going to do this. There's a certain expectation of like, I'm invested. You've given me enough information. It has a crescendo. It has a payoff. Do I feel satisfied? I think we would have known this by the seventies, even with these guys that, you know, they're all coming in and trying to do their own thing and tell stories in a different way. I think us going to the theater to pay our money, we would at least want to know that, you didn't just jerk us around for two hours and like have nothing happen. I mean, I, I think we would, but again, uh, and I, I know you're not comparing it to right now. I, I think you and I would for sure, but we didn't grow up in that era. Um, yeah, that's I, fair. I, I, again, I know it's hypocritical of me to say this, but it's like, I, I, I feel most of the stuff that made in that period or whatever, it wasn't, you know, meant so much, whatever to be an intelligent film. Um, I'm talking about in terms of genre films. Um, if for the most part, I think they were just trying to pack seats. Uh, I, I think sometimes that's, that's why I'm probably more forgiving of seventies films of this, because I feel like they, that they, um, you know, you had a lot of movies that were just trying to pack seats with people, whatever, just trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, people, you know, guys and girls to, you know, swarm up on each other or whatever or like that. And, you know, in this period, yeah. but, um, but I think, I think it's a, when you, when you have films like this that do stand out in that time period, it's a miracle that they did come out with some bit of intelligence to well, them. That's There's fair. There's a lot of crap from that period. No, you're too. right. But I think it's also worth noting that the number one film of this time was Jaws that kind of, it, it may be, um, reset, it reset or broke like expectations for films maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe, maybe that's where we're coming from because we grew, we all grew up in the shadow of blockbuster, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and storytelling had to, had to get itself in check too. You know, it, I mean like, cause you have a movie like jaws that became the summer blockbuster. That was, that was it. Yeah. That was the archetype. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, again, I, you're right. I think maybe, maybe I keep saying aloud that I'm not trying to judge us about what came after, but I watched this for the first time this week. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to be like, I'm going to meet it on its own terms, which I think I did for the most part. Sure. But you, you can't, you know, it's hard to not bring the baggage in from everything else you've seen, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, no, this movie, like, you, there's a lot of fun to have. You you could do a lot worse for an hour and a half. Hell yeah, you know? especially like, when it comes to this kind of uh, storytelling. Yeah, uh, so, and maybe we're past spooky season, but, you know, like, this would have been a fun, like, October watch. Yeah. Maybe this is your Thanksgiving watch to be like, I'm thankful that I'm not an Ernest Borgnine's devil church. I don't know, but um, no, I'm glad we watched it. There's a lot of Twilight Zone connections, and James, I'm glad you reached out because you've given us perspective we've not considered. I mean, you know, seriously, because I know this is kind of like, I, I'm not trying to pin you in a certain area, but you've always been the explorer and finding cool things. And you always tell me about eight different things I've ever heard of before. So thank you. And I'm burping right now as I'm talking. So I apologize. <laughs> but that's what I do. No, no. You gave us perspective because I think Terry and I by ourselves have been like, I don't know, Goatman, um, like Soul Sphere, uh, Shatner. Like it would have been, it would have been like a haiku. <laughs> like talking about the film it would have been weird yeah you bring the highbrow to a, a lot of the stuff that we don't know you bring the highbrow to the lowbrow you guys have spent so much time making me sound like an expert that I'm not <laughs> yeah, honest to god dude like you really know a lot of like the fringe stuff that we don't know anything about so we really appreciate you being here and I mean, I, the, it's yeah. like for God's sake, please you, come you, back. You own, a, <laughs> you own a physical copy of Encounter with the Unknown, like um, <laughs> one one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. But you own a physical copy of it, yeah. Um, so you 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 never say no. 
And yeah. I, there's there's a certain and there's a, an amount of intellect that you bring to the conversation. Now that's that, not fair to say. I say no to a few things. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's fair. But it's like I'm not Nicholas like, Cage. <laughs> you don't have you don't fair. have nearly the tax troubles that he has. No, no. But my point is, is that like I, I I try to take things from the people that I know. Like like with like Terry, you you're very like you know you always hope for the best. And we'll see what happens, right? Well, like, I, yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, sometimes I never plan for the worst. I just hope for the best, best right? That's no, it. and it's like, and it's just like, there's, there's that cynicism in your twenties of like, ah, oh, I'm smarter than everybody. I'm just gonna just punch down the entire time. And it's like, as you get older, you realize like that's kind of like that's not fun. It's, but, it's not fair it's not, to it, anybody else in their conversation, especially if they like something and you're going to come in swinging and tell them why they're wrong. You know, like, I don't and, like and that. our listeners, like, why would we want to do that to yeah. them either? We want to bring bring people to the conversation. That may knew know a little bit more yeah. than we do. So huh. I always want more perspectives. I always want more, like because it's it, the conversation's more fruitful, interesting, and fun when you bring a lot of different opinions at the table. And I, I have my hard lines of things I don't like. I get it. Like we all have our things of like I'm open except that. Like point I, of interest. <laughs> here, are, here's the hard line. No, yeah. that's not us. That's yeah. not going to be us. And uh, mm-hmm. we we appreciate everybody who brings something to the conversation. If somebody out there enjoys this and maybe wants to talk about something that is similar to this, yeah, James sure. is going to be a part of that conversation. <laughs> he knows it probably. So I mean, honestly, to- I, I saw you were doing the episode and I just thought it would be a great way to segue into Brotherhood of Satan. Satan. It came yeah. out in 1971 starring Brother gonna, Martin. Next next week, Brotherhood of Satan, no. Uh, uh, no but we'll- recommend, recommendation right here, right yeah, now. Yeah, there you go, sir. So I think that's going to do it. Um, I think we might have actually talked longer now than the movie is, which is, yeah, that's usually a good sign, right? Yeah, so, yeah we did uh, it. We, uh, per, per the show, we got to rate the twist, so we got to figure out like where we're at with that. One being, huh, like we saw it coming. Five being like, what? Terry, where, where, where are you at with that? I'm going five because this movie was batshit crazy <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I don't... Like, I'm still... Picking up my jaw. Okay, I, the the like so for I, I thought you were gonna start crying. I start coughing. I was just like, no, oh, I just didn't know what to the, do. The devil's rain down my cheeks. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. no, for me it's like um, the the very very end. I didn't see coming. I'll, I'll give it a five just from what it is. I don't know if it earned it. I will talk about the one thing that actually creeped me out in the film. Like straight up made me like, Ugh. there's the bit where um, the Tom Skerritt's wife's driving away. And then as she's like driving away, and you have that prolonged sequence, and then oh, the, then the one, the one, the one fate like Ida Lupino comes yeah. up from the yeah. back seat. <laughs> I was I was not expecting that, and I'm just like because it was so matter of fact, yeah. like like uh, like James when when I had you on Invasion many years ago talking about Exorcist three, um, there was the bit of like in the the one hospital where you get that that jump scare of like oh, the, like which God. still bothers me. I'm yeah, like me even too. talking about it right now. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> like seriously, oh, you guys I saw. Yeah, they look are. It's bad. Like it's the only part of my body I can flex is my goosebumps. But like that whole thing was like this bit. It's not the same, but I was like, I didn't for a film that's pretty obvious and like kind of like like bloodless with its scares. That that really caught me. So that's not my five, but the five is uh, Urs Borgnine cackling with his like his weird horse teeth uh, at the end, you know, um, and hugging uh, you know Tom Scarrett. I didn't see that coming. So. 
James, where, where are you at? You can pick the twist. You can give it whatever you feel. Like, you, gonna, you said you watched this more recently after a period of time. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to go with a five. Uh, my five is less for uh, like twists so much. I, again, it, it's it, I've forgotten it since you know since I'd seen it. Um, at least you know with like I said with the downer ending. You know, the wife being trapped in the, uh, the, the that is a downer ending. Yes, that I yeah. did not see that coming. Yes. I loved that. Uh, I, I probably would not have liked that when I first saw it in 2000. I was much more of a, a sentimental person in 2006. Uh, I hated downer endings. God, when I first saw Funny Games, I hated that movie. <laughs> I got I got so much grief from my buddy Justin about that. Uh, oh, I, and, and, and like he was original, right. I've grown to love that. Was stuff it the now. remake or the original? So because I'm not seeing the original. No, I've never seen the original either. This but is, me, this I know the it's the remake. same. But the end, whew, the ending of that, you're like, yep. So We're you're saying now. that your life experiences may have changed you over the years. <laughs> Probably made me more cynical, more uh. yeah, yeah, uh, more, <laughs> like, more like you want the downer ending. You're like, listen, yeah, listen, of. I know what I do in day in day out. People need to pay. Uh, well, I mean, it really just depends. I don't know. I just appreciate them more than I used to. I, I used to really hate those things. That, that that stuff could ruin my day. Now all it takes is watching a Rob Zombie movie to ruin my whole weekend. But like, um, no, it's just like, uh, don't give me that look, Terry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I um, uh, yeah, that, that stuff used to really affect me emotionally. No, no, I think, a I think the downer ending is one of those like tools in the toolbox that you if you use it too much in terms of like every oh, like sure. especially it if a you, cliche like anything. Yeah, it's like then it doesn't have any effect. Yeah, right. right. But when it's used well and metered out well, like um, it it can leave you just like hollow. Yeah, and then and that's that's like you know it's a very effective way. If 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 it earns it, great. You know, like, um, yeah, like, I don't know, like the original Night of Living Dead, like the way that plays out with like, just, just, it, it's a sledgehammer of a, an ending in terms mm-hmm. of like, yep, well, that sucks, you know? So I agree with you. Like, I mean, maybe at first I wouldn't have liked it, but like, oh, well, what was the point? Like, well, you kind of saw it. You get older, you'll realize that like, it's way worse. And again, know? like there, there is a lot of notes to take from this film. Yeah. It, it, especially if you want to put people on their ass. Yeah, I think this is this would be a fun movie to kind of put in the background and people just wander through and be like, "Why is Urs Borgnine a goat man now?" Like, like, and some of the like, I wish there was a way to put this on the background, but also have everybody just stop and listen to some of the dialogue because there's some amazing lines in this film. But this is also one of those ones that even if you put it on without like like without the sound, but put on like a weird soundtrack, that would be one of those things where the visuals alone would c- cause people to stop and look at it. You oh know? yeah. So the, the the opening credits to the film, I think, also really set a great yes. tone. That's that's my other that my biggest part of this. I would say why I give it the five is for uh, not only again, like I said, you know, it's, it's visually stunning, color palette, but the tone of the film is really really good. It's uh, um, th- and those opening credit credits with the uh, the Hieronymus Bosch, Bosch paintings. Yes, um, it reminds me uh, that reminds me a lot of the. Uh, it's a late late sixties Japanese film, uh, uh, Jigoku, Japanese Hell. Um, I, I will take your word for it. I apologize. It, it's it's one that I it's, uh, Criterion put put that one out a, a while back. Um, it's uh, it, it's a really interesting flick. I, I I saw I'd been trying to track that one down for years because I had no idea what it was. Uh, I'd only seen clips of it uh, in a like back in the glorious days of tape trading uh, before YouTube or when you wanted to see messed up content. You actually had to go to conventions and mm-hmm. buy tapes off of people that were under the counter. Um, yeah, you want to see Joe Theismann break his thigh repeatedly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, you, yeah. you couldn't go to just anything to see the Bud Dwyer video. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's a, uh, there, there was like, you know, incredibly eerie scenes of just like, you know, suffering and like visions of hell in that movie. And it's, and it's ahead of its time for that. Um, Obviously, yeah, using the Bosch pictures, the paintings here. Which one? I didn't know how many paintings Bosch did. Was, they showed all of them. Well, incredible paintwork, dude. Yeah. Like I, I'm not familiar with that particular the, the, artist. The big but thing people know is the the it's a it's a hellscape called, kinds of it's things. It's called Garden of Delights, if I remember mm-hmm. right. He did like he was one of those guys that was like uh, around the time of the Renaissance or something. Where not, not Renaissance, a little later, where he would like here. I'm drunk and I apologize. I did study art history in college years ago. I know I've seen yeah. imagery of this. No, but exact it's like you can tell this person this was like he was creating imagery that didn't exist. Yeah, and it got it was like weird and people look at it stuff. now. It looks it looks tame now, but it was like pornographic, like upsetting, uh, 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 like just obscene things that he was doing at the time. And this the the film like the first five minutes of the credits is all these paintings, and it's like. That does set the stage for what you're going into. I oh, agree yeah. with that. Yes. Well, it, oh, yeah. it's that and the audio over top of it. Yes. The, it, the moaning, the people things, screaming, yeah. writhing in pain. Would you later come to find out is, is the noise of the people inside. You yep. Know, yep. The, yeah. yeah. And, and we were remiss to uh, like talk about that, but... Like that, it that does set the tone. I'm it glad does. you talked yeah. about that, James. Uh, so, um, yeah. So there, there we go. So I know you, you're being like, you know, like you're like, I'm going to give it a five. I, you know, I think in terms of like we, we always say here on the show that regardless of how I feel about the product, um, we just like the twist is like good, like one, one through five. Regardless of how I feel about something, um, yeah, I just think that, uh, yeah, there's a lot here to chew on, and I think there's like multiple twists to get into, so. I, uh, I don't know. I think, I think, um, what else to say about the devil's ring other than it is goopy, especially the last 20 minutes. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Thank your lucky stars. It's not a, uh, Lars von Trier film. Otherwise you get a six hour cut of the Blu-ray or whatever. That's just another five hours of people what? melting. <laughs> what if, no, you'd what, probably what, get five hours of people driving through the desert and then so you'd say, Oh, that's boring to me. And someone'd say, Oh, it's just over your head. No, no, no. What if, what if, <laughs> you don't what get if we go, Scandinavian what if we do a rip of this where we sneak in like another two hours of just the melting sequence I would rather see and that. put it up, put it up for like people to download like, like, illegally. And they'll be like, Oh, this film's three hours long. It's like is it, is it like you know that just sneaking in more and more melting people like <laughs> that'd be funny to me but I'd yeah watch it <laughs> I I like getting mesmerized oh. by things and oh, a lot I of this film you, does that I, I almost ended this episode with it's raining men by the weather girls <laughs> um, but I did not obvious <laughs> that I thought that had been fun but uh so yeah that's, still time I, still yeah, fun. there's still time <laughs> there's still time I picked a different song that I appreciate that you guys may not. Uh, so that's going to do it for our discussion about the devil's reign. You guys can find it on shutter right now. Uh, you guys can find creep show, which we just talked about season three. So, um, yeah, if you, if you guys want to be part of the conversation, which we always appreciate that check out the movie. Like I said, it, it is a trip. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I mean, we put spoilers out there, but that doesn't really doesn't spoil the movie whatsoever. Yeah. So please don't forget, we have dis, uh, discussed a lot of twilight zone. So if you've come here to, figure out what our podcast about. We are primarily Twilight Zone and anthology-based yes. storylines. So soon we will get back to the Twilight Zone at the new year, the, the 1980s revision. But on our next episode, what are we going to discuss, so here, Paul? Here we're going to go. Here, we'll, yeah, we'll do this. And now... 
Mr. Serling. So the next episode, uh, well, eh, so Terry and I, like, so I do another podcast called Invasion the Podcast. Uh, Terry's what he's graciously, uh, like, appreciated. He, he's accepted my invitation to come I'm going to insert yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah, he's going to slide in my DMs with a shocking amount of nudity. Uh, we're going to go over there for our Thanksgiving episode. He's coming on to Invasion. We're going to be on there with my co-host Steve and my friend Richard. We're going to be talking about the 80s film Chopping Mall. Oh because, man! Because th- th- high art, like <laughs> because you know what? During the shopping season, yeah. you need to watch Chopping Mall. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be over there for the week, so we're going to be taking the week off here again. I, but we'll we will post the information for the episode. Please, please, please check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. But after that, we're going to be getting into some of the uh, Masters of Horror series that was originally Showtime. We're going to be getting into um, cigarette burns. John Carpenter cigarette burns. Yeah, um, it's available on Tubi and Voodoo, and uh, it's just it's it's available to go, go easily see. accessible. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to get to that next. So uh, yeah, in the meantime, you guys could reach us at Strange Highways on Facebook. Uh, you can email us directly at Strange Highways Podcast Gmail dot com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Be greatly appreciated. If you enjoyed the conversation, the more the merrier. Uh, if you're like, hey, there should be more Satanist satanic films with Anton LaVey and maybe his line. Just, you know, let people know. I don't know. It got weird. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Please. <laughs> yes, just, just, yes. just to go back to yes. Devil's Ring real quick. Please. <laughs> def- definitely go ahead and watch it on Shutter if that's your thing. But buy the, buy the Blu-ray from Severin. Yes. Support physical media. Have a library. Yes. Um, and buy, buy a Blu-ray. Be somebody. <laughs> you be somebody. You know, like uh, Navin Johnson. Navin R. Johnson. Be somebody. Yeah. All right, so yeah, no support physical media, which I, I have the Blu-ray, uh, the Devil's Reign. There's all the special features we talked about earlier. Yes, please, 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 please. And um, so, yeah, Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Uh, we are on Instagram, so please find us. Uh, we're there. I, I don't even know how to. You've been listening to this podcast for forever, <laughs> especially tonight. Find us. <laughs> find us, please. You know. Uh, if you're not on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, I don't know, uh, Friendster, Friendster, um, um, Live Journal, um, MySpace, I don't know, wherever, yeah. like, yeah, just where, again, like, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. We enjoy talking about it. We, this has been a lot of fun. Every week's a lot of fun. If you enjoy it, like, just, just recommend it, you know, like, yeah. if you like this and you Give like us, us a review, if you like us wasting your time two hours each week, then let other people know. It'd be great. So tell a friend. Yeah. yeah, just bring them in and then um, say some satanic things and then rub wax on them and then make them have really weird black eyes. That's what I'm saying about that. Fair. I don't know. I got nothing else. So I got, I got yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah. We don't need a plot line. <laughs> <laughs> I've got wheels of polished steel. I've got tires that grab the road I've got seats that selflessly hold my friends And a trunk that can carry the heaviest of loads I've got a mind that can steer me to your house And a heart that can bring you red flowers My intentions are good and earnest Internal combustion pants